we meet every other week to exercise our free speech and put it on the internet, right? Because we think that there are some things that can be valuable to other people. We don't collect it. We don't ask people what fucking color they are when they sign up for Facebook because we don't give a shit and it's racist to do fucking do that. Like, it's like, we don't do that. So I don't, I don't know. It was horrible. Yeah, to try and make him straight. It was fucked up. So that's, I'm like, this is fucked up, but there's no ghosts involved here. You know, like this so is that's where that genre of porn came from. Welcome to the salt of the streets coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat with everything going on in this nation. We need some information, and that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation with real talk and real topics. Real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Cause right, that's the what, what's that? Up, oh, let's get ready. And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship. We are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, November 2nd, 1.48 p.m., episode 72. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary and all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gaps between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I'm Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is dead, and Conan the Destroyer did it. <laughs> and then, uh, that's that's what I wanted to say in the opening. I just couldn't find a place for it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about that real quick. We got a we got a whole grab bag show today. We're going to be talking some of the testimony that's been going down from the impeachment inquiry hearings. Uh, there's been a lot of major events in that this past week, and you know we got a whole we got a whole manner of stuff we talking about. Whole slew of uh, topics here today. And if we get down to the the small short ones, I got ones that I haven't talked to you about. The ones that I'm always, I always keep in reserve to be like, hey, I wonder, wonder if he knows about this. Yeah. This is wild. Word. So I'm excited. All right. How was, uh, before we get into it, how was your Halloween? What did you guys end up doing on Halloween? Um, I know what you did the other day, but. So on Halloween, it was a Thursday. Uh, so there was football on. Um, and I also. It was. San Francisco was on. Yeah. I was like Garoppolo. Uh, 37 some points and i'm kicking myself in the ass because i didn't play on your bench yep sitting on the bench yeah that's all right minch you should have a pretty good week this week titans i think right or the texans the texans texans yeah 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 and texans make me nervous that's all right we'll We'll be okay okay. no jj watt on the texans anymore he's out for the Mm. rest of the year he fucked up his pecs so david clowney plays for yeah plays for the hawks now so yeah, no, I think you'd be right. Um, uh, sweet. So yeah, we watched football, and I f- was super sick. Um, oh, so yeah. we like just walked the baby around a little bit, uh, just kind of took him to people's houses that we know in Keyport, and then I made fried rice, which was delicious. Oh, dude! Um, and then I fell asleep on the couch, was making my costume, like drawing the chalk lines on it and stuff like that, and then was fucking it up and getting irritated and throwing chalk and swearing and getting pissed and um so eventually well that just, can't be hard. that cannot be easy a lot of long vertical lines and they gotta look good yeah that's a tough one it was a whole deal um and so eventually i just laid back with the dog and then i fell asleep on the couch um, do you watch scary movies during Halloween or like Halloween movies? Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, we did it that day because the football game was on and then 
I don't remember what we watched after that because mm-hmm. I was a more of like a seasonal uh, thing, but, though. Yeah, and well, and we like scary movies, so we'll watch them, you know, whenever, whenever the mood strikes, you know. But yeah. we tried to watch like there's a fucking show on Netflix that's about you know people being haunted. It's called like Haunted or some shit like that, and it mm. just is not very good, you know. It's I mean it's okay, but it's just not scary. And I'm like then I don't why am I watching this, you know? <laughs> why am like, I watching this? One person, you know, not to belittle the horrible shit this guy went through, but it wasn't even a ghost. He just like was abused by his family for being gay. And it's like, this is horrible. Like this isn't, you weren't haunted by a ghost. Your family was just fucked up. You know, his mom would like blow him and shit. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. To try and make him straight. It was fucked up. So that's, I'm like, this is fucked up, but there's no ghosts involved here. You know, like this is, that's where that genre of porn came from. God. I always yeah, wondered, so like, what kind of sick people would be into this? It's, you know, I think that's really strange too. There's right. like a, the huge amount of like step parent. Like, so I, I blame like, it completely this on this one haunting ghost show. I think this is pretty new. I don't know that this is the start of that, but it's certainly not helping. It's certainly not helping. On that, well, I guess that's not really that kind of level, but segue enough. We're done talking about that. It's yeah. not on that note. <laughs> We're not. Gonna it's on a completely different note. Yeah. <clears throat> the podcast you made me listen to from, yeah. which is one of those offshoots of NPR from this. Yes, uh, Invisibilia is what this one was called. And this, I was surprised. This was back from 2015. Yeah. This is old, old. Right. I, I don't right. remember people talking about this back then. Right. right? Like it was. Right. I'm sure it was there. Well, obviously, but like it definitely wasn't in the, the mainstream conversation back then. Um, and I know, I think that it had to be, um, if it's being covered by invisibilia, you know, and we, oh, yeah. like, we both worked together in 2015, I think, um, cause that was four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will have been at Benick for five in April. So depending on when in 2015 this came out, you know, we were working mm-hmm. together. Um, weird. and so, well, cause yeah, I, and so these I discussions were being, that. yeah, were being had, yeah. um, I think like on Joe Rogan and shit, because when I started listening to Joe Rogan was probably in like 2016. Oh, and really? yeah. And they were talking about this type of shit. Then he was having people on having discussions like that. Then and I was like, this seems really backwards, you know? I just, I just wasn't in but the discussion then, I guess. That's when I first started dipping my toes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so That's this podcast wild. that we're discussing, right, is an episode of Invisibilia from 2015. And <laughs> this is just where we're going to start today. <laughs> the, po- um, the power of categories. Yes. And so half of it is about a guy who is making an Indian retirement community in Florida, yeah. which was kind of interesting, right? And so oh, but the whole episode was interesting, actually, if I, I'm being honest. Yeah. I thought the whole thing was really interesting. Um, the whole thing opened up with a discussion with a psychologist, psychologist about like children's ability to like start to categorize things inside their minds and they were it, talking about this experiment they did with like showing them cats versus dogs and yeah you know that it's like oh this is a fuzzy four-legged thing like you know the the very broad categories and then it just started to kind of get I, I i can't remember the line but it was earlier that we're talking about, and, and then it's like this is a discussion about sex gender identity blah 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 and i was like yeah 
Oh, this is what this is going to be. So, this episode, which I'm not going to link to in the notes, but if you want to listen to it, you can go and find it. It's still available. Um, and Yeah, they do it in seasons on that podcast, and it was in season one. Really easy to find. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, they interview a woman named Paige, right? And I... So... The context for this is that at the time when this was done, she was, they call it bi-gender in this. I think it's called gender mm-hmm. fluid now, right? And, um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, the rules were all changing. So at the time she was gender fluid, she was like switching back and forth. And then after the podcast was recorded, she stopped switching back and forth. And now she just identifies as a woman. So they had to go back and even, edit this podcast because they used both of her names at the time. Yeah. And then afterwards it was considered dead naming because she didn't use that other male name anymore, even because she didn't switch and like back and forth. So this podcast had been edited for this purpose. So I found it on Reddit. Um, and underneath is a whole stream or a whole subreddit the thread, um, a thread of, of people, t- you know, sharing their stories. I was like, you can't ask like, me about Reddit because I still don't know how it works. Oh, I've only been on a couple of times because it's really easy to go into like a really fucked up dark place of Reddit. <laughs> like really easy to just click on just a few subreddits and you're somewhere else and you're like, what is going on here? Um, anyway, so. The power of Reddit. So this woman is talking about how at the time she switches back and forth between identifying as a male and identifying as a female right and you know was in the navy i think for a long time is that what it was she was in the navy she's not yeah, armed forces. Navy. yeah for like a long time and then fell in love and you know would always have little visions or whatever of like wanting to be a woman and um then one day decided that she's gonna start dressing different and like going back and forth and doing mm-hmm. whatever, right and the presentation of all the shifting was presented very very um abruptly like very yes. um like it was a very ominous type of thing it was it was so traumatic. much so yes it was very traumatic so much so right that the two different genders had different like characteristics about them oh, like yeah. the woman um was you know more outgoing and open and willing to discuss things and the male was very closed off and quiet and yeah. um in the middle of this interview they, I think it's when they start to talk about like her switching back and forth. She's like, Oh, like I'm uncomfortable and like needs to take a break. It goes to the bathroom, comes back and is like, Oh, when I was in there, I switched into guy mode and says that I'm not saying, you know, yeah. I'm not by any means being derogatory by using the term guy mode. That is the term that is used by this individual in this podcast. Um, and there's like a notable difference in the demeanor of this individual in the way that like, like I said, very closed off one word answers. Oh yeah. Um, It was a totally different person. And then in, in this interview, there's like little things clipped in where they're talking to different psychologists and people, scientists, whatever the fuck. And the first person is talking about how they rounded up a whole slew of people who were gender fluid. Right. Mm -hmm. And ran them through a battery of psychological tests that are generally split between the t- the sexes and like the examples they gave is like a spatial awareness test where generally men will do better and then like an organizational test where generally women will do better. Ran them through a battery of tests that are this way and <clears throat> 
that these people will perform better on the tests depending on how they're identifying on this day, right? But also said that there's not the same psychological function like as someone who has like a split personality disorder, like yeah. there's not the same when you have a split personality disorder, like the chemistry in your brain changes when your personality shifts. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, there's not the same thing that happens when the genders change in these individuals. Right. And so as un, an unprofessional, non-medical fucking, I'm not a doctor, right? I'm super confused. Really, really, really confused how if the biological and psychological function is not the same, there is the same outcome, right? I don't understand how, where, where it's manifesting in this, like where that's coming from, mm-hmm. right? And so it seemed to me that it was, and again, I'm not a fucking doctor, right? But it almost seemed like if you know, if you know, right, if you are someone, you, Colin, are someone that identifies as gender fluid, you know, and you're in this test, you know that you're going to be given the same tests on two different days. We're going to ask you to come in one day when you're identifying as a woman and one day when you're identifying as a man. And we're going to have you run through these same tests. After going in the first day, you know what I'm saying? If not before, you're going to know what these tests are, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I obviously didn't see the research paper from this study that they did. It was just what they discussed on this podcast. But I would assume, you know, Mm -hmm. at some point it's lined out for you what tests you're going to be doing. Like I said, even if only after the first time you do it, you know what you're going to do afterwards. And and I thought this again, especially when they're interviewing this woman, Paige, and she comes out and she's identifying as a woman now and she's way more closed off, way less willing to answer these questions, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you know that these are characteristics that are being attributed to the each genders, then do you not even subconsciously have some effect on how these things are manifesting, you know, and how these characteristics are manifesting when you're mm-hmm. identifying as this way? Especially if there's no psychological or biological basis in why these things would be manifesting you know what i'm saying but just because they don't exist yet doesn't mean they don't exist yet you know what i mean like they're just because, because we don't have we them don't now know doesn't what it mean is. we right. might okay. discover something which is i mean i say that just as a caveat because that's the way the world is that's the way life is we, we like right. to think it it happens in black and white but it never really does and in this particular situation, though, I, I got the same feeling. I was like, well, you know how many, once you start to look into like nutrition and stuff like that, how many like studies did you come across that once you learned how to look into a study and like what constitutes a good study, like how many of those were just like, well, that's a fucking garbage study. Yeah. Like most of the information out there in the nutrition world is garbage. What if this study is garbage? It's yeah, and who knows? Like, I would like to look at that, and I don't think I'm, I'm, you know, being bigoted or anything for wanting to know the validity of the numbers. No, and science no, I don't it. think so. So I don't I think don't, you're wrong I have a hard to think time. that way. I have a hard time. Um, I can't trust anything anymore. You know, um, I can't trust a New York Times article anymore. It's 
Like, I can't trust all these studies, and I need yeah. to do the own work to like, dig into it. Because it sounds to me, and I'm not making any accusations, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but it sounds to me, especially when it's described that way, that the different genders have different characteristics, that sounds to me like a split personality. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't sound like a different identity in gender. Mm-hmm. That sounds like, because... Well, what is Because that? we're... we're Gender dysphoria? We are under the, the general understanding that... You certainly can come across women that have a more stereotypically male demeanor, you know, but they're still women. They're still women. They still like men. They're still like all those other things still apply. They just like these other things. Donovan, you're walking on thin ice. So I'm like, (laughs) so I don't understand how. No, I'm super confused, you know, like how how that could be the case. And then later in this podcast, they they speak to three different gender scientists from three different countries right and the three of them who have all been studying gender for their entire careers two of them in europe one of them in america in san francisco right let's let's put that out there um do you want some of this you no, no i'm i already had you a sure one, okay so um they like they to fill the growler up all the all time. and again this is not me saying that this this is what these fucking scientists said, right? At least in 2015, maybe they've recanted these statements since then. It I, does I'm, happen. I'm not sure. But the three of them said that this phenomenon, for lack of a better term, at the time of like gender fluidity, it is, is not like really a thing, right? Mm-hmm. They said that that's just not how gender works, like the switching back and forth. And that doesn't, again, leave out the possibility of some psychological function that has not yet been identified mm-hmm. throughout I think science, that's what, you like know. The, if I but, rem- remember right, the language they used when they talked about after that study was like, yeah, they say that, but still it's here. Right. Then, then, then they just keep rolling. Yeah. And so like, yeah, that's... And that is I well, think, except for the woman in San Francisco, right? The scientists in San Francisco said yeah. said no. These people are transgender. They just have not come to the same psychological point as other people who have transitioned. Either, either you know, even if they haven't done the surgery, right, where they're, they're living their life as the other as the other gender, as the other sex. These people are, are transgender. They just haven't like come to terms with it. There's some type of block that's inhibiting them from just going all the way in transitioning right Mm -hmm. that's what this woman said is like that's these people are just trans like they're just not all the way there yet you know and that seemed to be the case where later in this podcast at the end this woman who started by talking about how she's gender fluid is like oh i don't switch anymore just doesn't happen i'm just a woman now you know that seems to hold up with and this that is a, a a one particular example right but it seems to fit with what this woman in san francisco this gender scientist said in san francisco that these people are trans they're just not there yet they're just they just haven't gone all the way yet to the full this is just where i'm at you know and i think that that's really interesting yeah and the nice thing i will say about this whole thing is that we still don't really know what the fuck's going on like nobody knows and so it's it's interesting because we get to all have our own opinions and try to kind you know try to come to some kind of objective yeah. opinion based on what's around us now but it's always going to change and just to be extra clear right i would never 
Okay, not never, because there are some things that I would tell someone is silly. But on the whole, right, I would not disrespect someone in the way by not addressing them in the pronoun they've asking they've asked me to address them in, right? There's some things that depending on the day, I might tell you no. Like just depending on how my day has been, I might be like, no, I'm not gonna do that. But on the whole, that's not something I'm gonna do, right? I will that's I just want to leave the possibility out there because I don't want to one day someone to be like, you said you would never do this when I've been like, I'm not going to fucking call you G today. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's because that that's a possibility. But that's besides the point. So in general, that's not something I would do, right? I, I wouldn't do that. I will, for the most part, just address you however you'd like to be dressed because that's the right thing to do, right? But so I don't think that it generally adds value to anything to have these type of discussions to draw away from like the general consensus or at least not even the general consensus, the now popular argument, you know, of like all the different pronouns and stuff like that. That's just not something I personally subscribe to. I don't think it generally adds value to anything to have the discussion of like of a dissenting opinion because it just stands to kind of like draw controversy, you know. But this the is the devil's advocate. It's you know. just not a, you know, I feel very strong in my view about that. And I'm not going to. You don't you know, need to do it for everything. Right. But it, yeah, there's some things ju- that just aren't worth having yeah. that discussion. And this is one of those things that's not generally worth discussing. It's probably but just because is, it's equally as unknowing. Yeah. Um, but this is a place where we come to have such discussions, you know? <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> That's very true. So I'm very open to hearing anybody else's opinions that are descending from ours, uh, in agreement with ours, whatever you'd like to hear, especially if you want to listen to this podcast and tell us what you thought about it. Not ours, this episode of Invisibilia. I mean, well, obviously listen to ours too, but <laughs> if you want to listen to this episode of Invisibilia and let us know what you think. Um, I mean, it's it very was interesting, the whole thing. It was just confusing to me. I you know? loved the part about the <coughs> Indian retirement home. I'm sure you did. It was so <laughs> fascinating. Because that's like a whole thing about like freedom of association to me. Yeah. I was like, dude, yeah, that's fucking great. I love it. <laughs> you know? And I thought it was really good. That was a, It was a very interesting. I got really angry. And then I was like really intrigued. And then it just held throughout the whole episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Full marks for fucking that one. Anyway, it's much better um, than the YouTube video I sent you earlier this week. Yeah, that fucking robot. I told you that was not. Dude, it was totally fake. It's so fake. But yeah. it, I was legit freaked the fuck out for about 10 minutes. I've seen a lot of people. We'll just we'll talk about that for a second. There's there's videos going around of dudes essentially beating the shit out of this robot that they claim to have built. And they're not like. Well, really the, claiming it. There's videos that are just being made of these dudes. Yeah, beating it's a up thing a robot going on with is. Boston Dynamics. Yeah, they have this robot, and they they've kept a very public, you know, interest in it. And so there's a lot of YouTube videos that follow this the evolution of this thing that they created that was starting to like pick up a box, and then it was starting to like learn how to to walk, and then it learned how to walk on top of boxes, and then it yeah. was like doing some parkour shit. And then all of a sudden, this video came out, which 
I think is more or less a spoof video or like, yeah. you know. Well, this is the second one. Um, yes. This one where it's shooting guns is the second one because the first one, it was trying to pick up a box and they're beating the shit out of it. They're hitting it with hockey sticks and fucking kicking oh, it over stuff. Oh, they still do that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Ones, yeah. yeah. And so, but in this first <laughs> fake one, yeah, they're, they're fucking with it. But um, now in this next one, it's, it's a, a fucking CGI video of this. It's basically like it's shooting guns and fucking you know just all this nonsense that it's so wild. Yeah, like tactical training. I'd seen be shared a bunch of times, and I'm like, you motherfuckers, like this is not real. Like why? But it's awesome. But people are really convinced by it. If they're only watching it one time, then they're convinced by it, and Mm -hmm. that's the worst part. Is you got to watch it three, four times. We need like all the way through. When the back in the '90s or whenever when they came out with that parental advisory sticker, you had to put on explicit lyrics CDs and tapes and stuff. It's like, is that going to have to come with like videos now? You're going to have to put up big black, you know, banner on the top says parody, Um, not real. Well, all right. So let's go into Zuckerberg, right? If let's this is, do if it. This is what we're doing. So I thought it would be a halfway um, decent segue. There's, yeah, no, that's all right because there's been two different kind of battling ideals that have come out in the last few weeks about this, right? Yeah, yeah. In, very interesting. As far as Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said that they were not going to fact check any political ads or any ads that are going to be placed on Facebook. They're just going to put them out as is. And then Twitter came out, I think it's just this week and yeah. said that they were not going to allow any political ads at all on Facebook or on Twitter. Right. And last week, two weeks ago, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, uh, Mark Zuckerberg testified in Congress and I wrote a blog post about it, um, in which he Very was good. there to talk about, Libra, like the digital currency that Facebook is trying to get into, and also for some reason he was talking about the settlement that he reached with HUD earlier in the year, and then he was talking about the political ads thing on Facebook, right? And his justification, not even his not even justification, his reason for why they're not doing this is that he thinks that it should be up to individuals to see the ads and recognize whether or not lies are being said in these ads and which political appointees and candidates can be trusted and cannot be trusted. And I think that there is an immense amount of value in that and people having to do research to know whether or not people are lying. The problem comes in that people don't like to do that research. Um, but I don't think that it's wrong for Facebook to make this decision, you know, and it's being painted, especially when he's testifying as, oh, well, so you think it's okay to just allow people to spread lies on, on the internet then? It's like, no, I don't think that it's good for you to lie. In fact, I think it's wrong for you to lie, but I don't think that it's up to Facebook to decide what you get to see as a citizen and as an individual on your own Facebook. That's not up to me. That's why shit gets targeted to you and you see it or you click that you don't want to see it and you don't see it again, you know? And I just don't, I don't think that there's, a problem with that. You know, I think that the spin on it is, is really disingenuous. I think it's super biased. Um, and I think that it completely takes any personal responsibility or personal ownership away from the content that people are consuming. You know, we talked about that the first time that he testified in, in front of Congress like two or three years ago mm-hmm. and how they're shitting on him for allowing Russia to like have accounts on Facebook and how could you let them make these events and people showed up? How could you allow people to like these fucking Facebook pages? It's like, well, 
hold the fuck on. Like, isn't it up to you to, to look into whether or not this is true? Or if you're reading a fucking story from the onion, you know, like, I don't, why that's the same thing. We allow the onion to post whatever the fuck they want. But for some reason, it's up to Facebook to decide whether or not you can share, uh, an article from the onion on Facebook. Like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. No, no, I, it's, it's infuriating to me because I was really interested in, the conversation that was supposed to be had about Libra. Cause I'm, I, I noticed, you know, when, uh, Bitcoin and stuff was first coming online. And, yeah. and then this, there's a massive, massive boom in this, this e commerce stuff, all this blockchain currency. It's everywhere now. And I'm really interested to see the government's reaction to their loss of the central control over all currency. And so I was really interested to hear about that, and I was highly upset that for the most part I didn't hear anything worthwhile. Mostly not and about it was, Libra at all. It always comes back to this, like you know, the the U.S. government essentially through the mouthpieces of these committees. Yeah, they. I get the vibe that they're trying to essentially say that Facebook and then social media in general. You can't handle it the way we want you to handle it. So we, as the government, want to you know, be able to regulate your industry. And we want right. us to get into this industry. Well, and there's many people that asked him why, you know, they can't control it. Right. Why they felt like they didn't need to be regulated and all this shit. And mm -hmm. I, 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 I don't, it's, I don't, it's a similar discussion yeah. to net neutrality in my mind. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know whether or not, I certainly don't think that Facebook needs to be broken up, especially not over this issue that people have here of whether or not they're going to fact check people's ads. Yeah. I don't. This is a, we call them platforms for a reason. Right. And within their platforms, they have special rules because it's their giant ring for us to all jump in and fucking yell at each other and talk to each other and share things with each other. It's big meeting platforms. That's all it is, is spaces for us to interact with one another. Yeah. Why are they responsible for everything that goes on in there? That's our problem. We need to not do those things. Yeah, I think no. there's a, a very limited amount of things. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no. you. Um, I think there's like a very limited amount of things that Facebook or Twitter or any platform should be taking off of the site. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, if people are fucking paying, I don't think political ads, I don't think that political ads should be paid for in fucking rubles, you know, or in money from an outside country. That's probably not the best way for mm -hmm. things to be paid yeah, for, yeah, you let's, know. Let's maybe set a rule that, yeah, p paid political advertisements <coughs> have to be funded in U.S. currency. You know, uh, maybe, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get around that. Right. That's perfectly fine. But still, we might as well add that. Right. It's just like, a, okay, check. We we don't have to worry about this. No terrorists, you know, things like that. There are things, there's some, some things that can be pretty easily written off to not be on those platforms, you know? Yeah. And but, again, there's always ways, because there's going to be naysayers, right. to be like, well, yeah, they're still going to get their money in anyways. Yes, they will. But it, it's, it's fucking security theater at that yeah. point. Let's just do it, because it's a good rule to have. It doesn't hurt anything. Let's just do that. There will be people that get around it, but some of them won't. And it's concerning to me because like I said, the, the spin on it, I think, is – and I don't want to continue to use the word disingenuous because I think that it's – excuse me, almost bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. It's this issue of, of personal responsibility is being spun into whether or not a company can handle itself, right? Which yeah. is, I think – 
almost fear-mongering right on on the side of the democrats to to make <laughs> yeah. it like well the government will take care of it for you you we know got just this. facebook can't handle it companies can't handle it so let us decide mm-hmm. what you can and can't see and it's concerning to me that people are willing to to give that power to the government right or they're at least stepping into an area where they're beginning to be willing to cede that power to the government. You know, I don't think that people should be willing to let the government decide what we can and can't see, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, and that's for, and there's obviously some things that should be hidden. There's like qualifiers to all these things, right? There's some things that for national security purposes, all kinds of shit, right? But there's also a whole slew of things that shouldn't be hidden under those guys, right? And that's why we are supporters of Edward Stone and other whistleblowers that are leaking things and showing things, exposing things that people, citizens of the United States, do deserve to see that are being hidden for no legitimate reason, right? But it, it, it's it's sincerely concerning to me that there's anyone that is following under this step of like, well, we need to break up these companies because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't even want to fact check ads. They don't even want to fact check political ads, Right. I don't, and so even out of a, even outside of personal responsibility of consumption, right? I still think that the personal responsibility lies with the people placing the ads. Why are we not requesting those people don't lie in their ads? Not that Facebook tells us what the lies are. Maybe we should request that you're not allowed to fucking lie in an ad. You're not allowed to lie in a political ad. If if anyone is able to call up and place a legitimate claim on a lie in your political ad, it's taken down. It's taken down and your campaign and your campaign is fined because you fucking lied. Let's make you it a out campaign here finance violation. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand why that is not what we're looking at. We're talking about Facebook is a piece of shit. Mark Zuckerberg is a piece of shit because he doesn't want to fact check politicians. Not that they shouldn't be allowed to lie in the first place. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I don't, and I don't, I'm sorry. I owe my feel bad, mean, for, but I don't. It, every time you go into a courtroom, you have to swear on a Bible, right? Or I don't know if maybe they, but you have to swear in in some fashion <laughs> to swear you will tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Why can't we hold the legislation the legislature and the executive branch to that same standard. Yeah, it's Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Why can't we do it's, that? It's not their responsibility not to lie to try and make themselves look better or try and slander their political opponent. Yeah. It's Mark Zuckerberg's job to tell us when they're doing that so that we don't have to do it ourselves and they don't have to worry about it. They can just say whatever the fuck they want because mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg will clean it up in the end. And if they don't, we'll find his ass for it and we'll try and break up his company. You yeah. know, I do that thinking to me is extremely backwards i don't understand where that comes from i know where it does that I, people are always talking about oh politicians are always fucking lying you know but but we don't want to hold them accountable we're being yep. presented with the opportunity right now to hold them accountable and instead we're shitting on mark zuckerberg because we want to post memes of alexandria ocasio-cortez doing this mm-hmm. oh italian mama bring your son for dinner or fucking <laughs> shit like this when when in reality we should be asking why we want to let people like her lie in political ads. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that acceptable? I know that doesn't make sense to me. I have know? a theory about why Let's you hear can it. help explain it. What do you got? I think this is a, you know, I I always say this is a societal problem. This is a societal problem. Well, yeah, this is a societal problem because one way or the other, like, I don't care how you phrase it, which qualifier you want to use, which, you know, which word you want to say, but... We are a society now of, of 
mushy, soft, you know, pink little, you know, squishy, manipulable clay pieces. I don't know. We're, we don't have any backbone anymore. We've never had to struggle for anything. And it all goes back to the greatest generation and the boomers. Yeah. You know? And I think so it's our grandparents' fault. I should blame my grandma? Yes. Oh, okay. But the, the problem is <laughs> assigning, getting to the bottom of where it stemmed from. Yeah. Is that's not the road to equity, if you will. This is just trying to understand what we might be dealing with here and why we might be dealing with it so we can solve the problems we have now and, and do better later. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down, essentially, the pampering of multiple generations that never had to deal with true, utter conflict, life or death, that we had. The last one we had was in World War II. That, yeah. That greatest generation. That People aren't dying in starvation and mass like we no. were before World War II. People aren't dying by the hundreds and thousands in wars and, you know, millions in wars. You know, all this, that's not happening anymore. It hasn't happened for a long time. Right. You know, Vietnam was bad, but it wasn't quite to the level of, you know, a worldwide conflict. And that all over the world breeds these these other generations. And naturally, as human beings, we want our next generation to have it a little easier than we did. Because we had it tough. You know, they had it tough. They had it tough. Every, we, you know, because life is a struggle. It's always hard to get where you're at. And so you want your kids to not have to struggle as much as you did. Because it fucking sucks. But you have generations that do that. And then keep that same mentality, even though they never actually struggled with something existential. Yeah. Truly. And then it builds an exp, exp, or expounds, exponentially growth grows, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Until we have like the utter snowflake generation. That's the whole thing where it came from. We're just soft little squishy little fucking complaining pantses. Because we've never had to fend off, you know. Our parents wanted too good for us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the term helicopter parenting and, like, yeah. all that stuff, like, stemmed from our generation a little bit before that. You know, yeah. like, that whole, like, Gen X to us, it got pretty out of control. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to, I think know. that kind of trails back to what we might have a problem with here. And yeah. so, we just need to know now, knowing that our la or our abundance of problems is probably caused by a lack of problems. We need to go find these these inner struggles and things that we have to battle and hard things in life and and get that mentality of, of struggle again put back into our system and everybody will do better. Everything yeah. is so easy now. And I don't I don't, I don't want to come off too conservative here, right? Because I feel like this happens to me. More is that and a more is that a conservative time. point of view? Um, no, 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 no. This is what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, is that it seems to me, right, the same people that are supporting Elizabeth Warren, right, the same people that are supporting like a democratic socialist type of lifestyle going forward mm -hmm. in the country, right, are the same people because Elizabeth Warren is partially running on a platform of breaking up Facebook, right? Yes. These are the ones that are willing – And lies. That are willing to cede this freedom, this freedom of speech, a freedom of consumption of information – to the government, right? Like, it's the acceptance of, like, a more socialistic ideology that's like, well, if the government's got to, you know, come through it first to decide what I can see, then that's fine as long as, you know, they're telling me what all the lies are and stuff in the back end. Mm -hmm. But I know 
that's a fucking slippery slope road to deciding who what you get to see you know who's deciding what you get to see and i don't know it's it's the u.s government in our you know situation now is the ultimate helicopter parent and there are a lot of people out there i think that don't want to not have that safety net of being able to go to mommy and daddy and ask for help. It's and, like, we shouldn't have to worry about this, guys. And we're, once, we're fucking good enough. We shouldn't have to worry about it. Let's yeah. give it, let's make it their problem. But you need that. You still need that. So I keep knocking the table and making the dog bark. One hey, for once, so, instead of <clears throat> instead of saying, I have a plan for that, Mark Zuckerberg is saying, that shouldn't be what I'm doing. Like, I shouldn't yeah. be doing that. You know, I'm telling you now. I'm not the guy for that job. That that shouldn't be my responsibility. I we shouldn't be doing that. Deciding what you get to see, you know, like yeah. that's that's not up to us. Like that's no. and it shouldn't be up to us. We just and built I don't the place and for that's you all to hang out. And- that's like the most amazing personal freedom argument I've heard in such a long time, and it's being turned as an attack on personal freedom. And I don't understand it. Like it's so it's so pro personal freedom that he's like no. No, no, no. I want you to see everything. I want you to see absolutely everything. We're going to fucking put it all out there so you can see it all. They're like, you are attacking liberty of America. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't. It's like, I'm trying to open up free elections. Like, what are you talking about? I want you to have information. And it's so weird. He even said when he was there, he's like, I know that I'm not the best, like, spokesman for this, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm not maybe the best person to be here right now talking about this, but, like, this this is not me. Like, this should mm-hmm. not be me, you know? And, you know, the 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 whole, the big thing about this that, that really gets me going, and it's exciting to see people like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg all of a sudden now be, like, this outwardly spoken, like, champion of free speech yeah. in a fashion... You know, at least from the government. I, uh, you know, Barack Obama doing that thing the other day with his little video clip talking to all the the woke scolds that y'all need to just get over it. Like, that is really, really, it gives me hope. Yeah. That, like, this is something that, like, there's enough attacks on the our our God-given rights, if you will. There's enough attacks on those from the federal government that it's bringing a lot of people that you kind of used to be like politically opposed to and all the, all their, their policies and all this, but like we're all rallying around like the first amendment, the fourth amendment, the second amendment, like all these different things. Like <clears throat> when it starts to get too crazy, when Beto's talking about taking your guns, literally taking your shit. Wait, ooh, bye bye Beto. Thank you. That's about all the time you deserve on Thank the podcast. God, right? Let's high Not five on that. running for president anymore. Peace. Bill de Blasio. He out. Oh, yeah. It, they're starting slowly, to weed out. I'm slowly so weed them out. But, you know, when you look at it on that perspective, it's really, I mean, it's nice to see people yeah. like Mark Zuckerberg. It's nice that they're like, wow, Zuck, I actually found something I can get behind you on. How you take that freedom and implement it on your own platform, you know, that's you. I don't like it. That's fine. But you can have your own little fucking rules. Right. But we, we can't get the government involved here. And I'm glad we're on the same page. And it's it's a weird time. Yeah, it is weird. But I'm glad there's people going. There's grown ups in the room going. No, 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 no. I don't want mommy and daddy. I'm. I got this. Yeah, they were also coming after him for like the uh, the supposed lack of diversity 
in the I'm I trying to rick, that, bitch. Um, in the leadership of Facebook, like in the executives of Facebook, you know, and I just I have a hard time. Um, and I've I've not looked up this data, you know, but I have a hard time discussing diversity in employment, right? When I don't know what the makeup is of the population surrounding that particular job, right? Yeah. Because unless that's a popular conversation. Because because it seems to me that in a, a standard world, right, the population of the people working at any given facility would be at least semi-representative of the population of the people working around that facility, right? But in a minority sense or a majority <laughs> sense? What I think that's mean? an important question to ask. What do you mean? Think about the way our city works. Seattle, the big city. Yeah. How many people from our county or Pierce County or the surrounding counties work in Seattle? Compared to how many people in Seattle work, work in at Seattle. Those places, yeah. You know what I mean? I would like to know that number because it's something I recently started to think about. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. The business and the community, you know, but we have outward forces that work on this, yeah. this too. And that's and the so, people that make the, the hour plus commutes every day to get into town to work that specific job. So that's why I'm saying semi representative, right? I, yeah. don't, I don't by any means expect it for that reason to be an exact representation of the mm-hmm. community around it, right? There's one building in Kingston and there's 60% black people in Kingston, 30% white people, 20% natives. I don't expect that to be the makeup of the workforce at that job, right? Because, yeah. but it would be at least semi representative of that because if there's a shitload okay. of black people working around there, there's probably, or living around there, there's probably a bunch of black people working here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And if there's this discussion of, of lack of diversity all the time, right? In all these positions and all these jobs and stuff yeah. like that. And I don't think that that's necessarily inherently a sign of lack of diversity if there's not an equally diverse population of of minorities working at a facility, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if, if it's not representative of the population living around it, you right? You know what's sad is I think those numbers would probably be relatively easy to get. It's got to be probably pretty simple, sit there right? And be like, okay, and how many people that work at this company <coughs> live here? And how many of you guys don't live here? And what I, what I mean by that is just for example, not that this is like super common, but if there's a town that has 90% white people in it and only 10% mixed minorities, it's not inherently racist for there to only be one or two black people or minorities working at any given place of employment because there's mostly white people living in this town, right? And to go there and say, there's 10 people working here and not one black person, that's fucking racist. Would be kind of a ludicrous claim, you know. Would be a little bit ridiculous, but if there's a even fifty fifty split, and at ninety percent of the jobs in this town, there's only white people working there, mm-hmm. we might have a discussion that there's some weird lack of diversity going on here in these jobs, right? Some something's going on that there's no black people working here, but at least half this fucking town is black people, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's if that's not the case, if there's not this huge skew in in the workforce and the people living around it, then I have a really hard time discussing that as even like a serious claim, you mm-hmm. know? And 
So okay, and I'm, that I'm doesn't to... seem and that doesn't seem to be the claim at Facebook. That's like you yeah. have all these minorities living around here, and there's no minorities on, on the executive board. You know, not that people don't come around from the country to work for different companies, especially in executive positions. But I just I don't understand what the claim is here. Like you guys are racist because there is enough minorities working at your yeah. company, and I don't that doesn't wash for me. Like that that's not enough evidence for me to say that Mark Zuckerberg is racist just because there's not enough minorities in leadership at the company. Like that doesn't. I don't understand that argument, you know? And Dude, so especially that's, when Facebook is a global That's what I'm saying. Company. Like, and there's I mean, not even on. there's not even a population argument that it's at the basis of this. They're just saying this just as a claim, you know, that that's, that's not very diverse of you, and that's really backwards. <laughs> They're in fucking Silicon Valley. Like, I don't, what are you talking about? They're in the middle of California. You're seriously questioning? I don't – Facebook has like 70 different gender options available on Facebook that you can choose, and we're talking about the them being biased on people's I, – I don't – I truly don't understand – it just shows you how desperate the government is I don't. to get their hands on this stuff. <laughs> and so then on, they're using this settlement they had with HUD earlier this year, right? Mm-hmm. Housing and Urban Development, where people, companies were taking ads out for um, rental properties and stuff like that. And they were being targeted to people based on their age and their zip code. And, excuse me, it was found in this settlement that that was discriminatory because – rental like housing and jobs and stuff like that credit are things that are protected under equal opportunities right and so certain zip codes you know can be representative of people based on their income and stuff like that and so it can could be inherently discriminatory to be advertising to people based on their zip code because it could be going after them based on their income right and going after people for their age is discriminatory and all this stuff right and so it turns out that it is discriminatory on Facebook's part to allow these companies to have taken out these ads on Facebook, right? Not that these companies did it in the first place, mm-hmm. but it's fucked up that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook should have known that this was discriminatory and should never have allowed it to happen in the first place. But these companies shouldn't have known that they were paying that they were paying for discriminatory ads, right? They can do what they want. Facebook just needs to be in check of that, right? Which, again, I didn't understand because as two people who have paid for ads on Facebook, right, we know that there is one standard form that every company fills out if they're trying to place an ad on Facebook and there's like 200 some fucking options, things that you can pick to tailor your ad to people, right? Mm-hmm. And so until up until this settlement happened, now if you're going to do something that is based on equal opportunities or surrounds that, there's a limited number of things that you can use to tailor an ad towards people, right? Yep. But it used to be just the same form that everyone else filled out, right? So again, Mark Zuckerberg's argument, he's like, well, hold on, like, Everyone used the same ad form. Like we, you, we didn't allow people to advertise based on race because we don't collect race information. So that's not even something we can uh, we can help you target an ad, right? We can't help you do that because we don't collect that information. So we didn't. We're just allowing people to place ads, right? But again, like they're making it his fault that they allowed this to even be a thing. And again, I don't understand. Where is the responsibility on the companies, the individuals who placed the ads that were found to be discriminatory? It's not their fault. It's Mark Zuckerberg's fault that there was an option ever available that they could place those ads. 
I got a hard time believing that Mark Zuckerberg's the one that wrote the code for the fucking ad form on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he did. Maybe he did. But I, I don't think so. <laughs> I you know, highly chances doubt it. are he wasn't. So Are you kidding me? He has worked himself out of his own job. Dude. Like he did it like a decade ago, man. Like it was a long time. He hasn't been writing code for a long time, probably. Like three years ago, he was like, I'm he only probably gonna hates that. He's he was, like, God, I hate running this fucking company. I just want to go back to doing my coding and like three years ago, he's like, I'm only gonna eat meat that I hunt. And so fucking half the year he spent hunting anyway, because he's gotta get meat all the time. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> What is that? He must have read JBP or something. Zuckerberg's doing weird shit. Yes. He's doing some weird shit. So, oh man. But either way, you so know, I did and, have one anecdote about what you were it. talking about earlier with the, the targeted ads, right? Yes. Um, I had a personal experience with that recently. And I won't go into too much detail, but like there, I will say there <coughs> is a massive economic opportunity out there. In these companies that will take your business and their information and you pay them and they will run these ultra targeted ad campaigns for you based off of like location and like this really, really fucked up industry that I, I despise, right? Yeah. You know, if you walk into a Best Buy store, if you open Amazon or I mean, you open Google or whatever, you're going to get an ad for Best Buy. Right. That's the type of thing that it would, would, oh, would be. horrible. And it's like if you're a local business around an area and you're like, oh, yeah, you want to hit the fucking Starbucks people up? We'll hit them up with your ads. If you just like search something on Google and then you and start to see ads for that. I was really happy because he wasn't directly talking to me. He was talking to somebody else in the room and because I, I was getting furious because I despise that that concept even exists. I fucking hate the advertisement industry. Yeah. And that particularly is something I just – I wanted to be like, get, get the fuck out of this room. I don't want to hear this. You, this is this is terrible. This is not what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Yeah. So, but that's it exists, and it's you I ran mean, into someone who said they were doing that, or yeah, literally directly approached. Oh, really? Yes. F- like for your job? Yeah. Weird. And I was, I, ooh, I was like, no, no, get the fuck. I, I was so <laughs> glad I wasn't talking to them because I, I, I despise that entire concept. That's really but weird. like there's no speculation out there that, that there's there is now a private interest in that still being a thing. Yeah. Targeted advertisements. And why is that Zuck's fault though? He didn't ask for that entire that's a totally separate industry that works within that within his system. Why should he be responsible for that? You know, it doesn't make sense. It's just it's like we were talking about earlier. It's it's he built us the arena and we're just all <laughs> in the arena. It's, he just wanted to build it and made sure there were some basic ground rules. The diversity questions were furthered. I know I wish I wrote down the representative that asked it, but someone said, well, there's, you know, X percent of black people in America, but only X percent of black people on Facebook. How do you answer for that? And he said, <laughs> well, I said earlier, we don't collect race data. So I couldn't even have told you prior to you saying this, how many black people were on Facebook. Like I couldn't have, I could not have delivered you that information <laughs> because we don't collect it. We don't ask people what fucking color they are when they sign up for Facebook because we don't give a shit and it's racist to do fucking do that. Like it's like, we don't do that. So I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's I don't like, know, I government. Don't. I'm not doing it because it's racist. Why do you want to do it? I also don't make people sign up for Facebook. I don't, if they don't want to be on Facebook, I'm not going to make them be on Facebook. Like, I don't, 
What kind of question is that? Well, how do you answer for you, why there's only this many people on but there? But you need to pay attention I don't know. to those questions because that indicates what they want this thing to be. Right. If you give them the reins, and it's it's really obvious, it's it's disgusting and pandering and all this bullshit what they do now, but it's very important that they do that. Because they are painting you a picture of the landscape that they want to build, this dystopian it fucking government-run universe. Backwards. That's why they ask those questions. And that should terrify everybody. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're trying to get votes. They're trying to grandstand. And like, this is what they're trying to do with your life. It's uh it's that type of quota mentality, you know, that like leaks into like we were talking about affirmative action and like mm-hmm. the the new referendum on affirmative action in Washington, you know, on I one thousand that they are trying to reinstate affirmative action in Washington State, you know. And we you have discussed before that you knew a dude who was a, a fucking recruiter, you know, that's having to literally turn people down based on their race because they need more minorities in there to meet the fucking the quota. quotas. Yep. And when it's being discussed here, right, because on on uh, The Overcast, that local podcast that we listened to, they had a dude on one week who was against affirmative action and a woman on the next week who was in favor of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like – they were asking her, well, what do, you, what do you make of the quotas argument, right? And she said, oh, well, they're not quotas. They're goals, right? They're not, they're not quotas that we're setting out. They're just goals that we have out here. And there's, uh, you know, quarterly meetings or, or whatever – to you know of all these companies to make sure that they're meeting these goals that we have they're like but it's not a quota like no it's a goal it's a you goal know? you know and i don't that's it's, that's it's semantics that's, that's bullshit like it's, that's yeah that's that intent. argument they want to choose this is called virtue signaling that is my nonsense. intent is to do this because i'm using this particular language to make it right. not seem like a bad idea i'm trying to be nice about it. this is well-intentioned it's a goal we and, would love to meet these standards yeah. but when your quota essentially is you need 15 percent of an asian makeup in this particular right. job but the vast majority of the surrounding area is like 60 percent asian now you you open the door to reverse discrimination, which is why discrimination on a governmental level like that, I think is personally, I think it's is racist because yeah. it's it's literally not an equal opportunity anymore. Right. You're just assuming bad intentions. If people it's backwards. You know, it, it's backwards. But that's not to say there aren't a bunch of shitty people out there. No, that but that's, do shitty things and that are right. racist as fuck and whatever. I mean, but that's the same the same type of argument that's being made mm-hmm. towards Facebook and being made towards Mark Zuckerberg. You know, yep. it's that well, you you and your company are not meeting these expectations that we have of diversity and of equity, and because of that, you're a racist. And I don't <laughs> understand how fucking Jewish ass, weird ass, robot ass Mark Zuckerberg is out here being called a fucking racist Especially. because he allowed people to take ads on Facebook and is now like, I don't want to tell you what you have to pay attention to and what you don't have to pay attention to yep. because I don't think that's my job to uh police you know your first amendment rights on facebook because my whole deal with this was to make a platform for fairness mm-hmm. so check this right after this was on i was listening to 
God, I wish I could remember which podcast it was. I think it was Start Here. And they were talking about this. And they were talking about Mark Zuckerberg said that his intent with Facebook was to be a platform for the First Amendment, to let people do what they want. As long as it doesn't, you know, break these rules, you can't, you know, fire in a crowded room, all this shit, right? Which is so, you know, just as a quick aside, it was meant to be a fucking hot or not site. Okay, so that's so it what, has grown. But that's into what this. I have beef with, right? Is that I don't I think that that is a disingenuous argument it is. Uh, towards Facebook, right? And because I have heard that because lately. Because Facebook itself it's was not intended, you know what I'm saying? As it is now, yeah. it was this not This is not Facebook. No, and it and it was new. This is what this is Facebook was born and then it had a little adolescence, and then it became an adult. And, it, and this is and what it, it immediately became. shifted. Like that website, totally as different. it first started, was shut down and then couldn't happen anymore, right? Yep. So you can't even argue fairly that that website is even a little bit indicative of actual the Facebook that Mark Zuckerberg started when he started the Facebook. You know what so, I'm saying? No validity, but highly interesting. Funny. But I think it's bullshit. And I think it's that it, not, it's, it doesn't speak to anything. It's a fucking it's nonsense, non-contextual. It's a nonsense backstabbing undercut argument at Mark Zuckerberg to try and invalidate invalidate him trying to step his hit step back out of the arena, being like, I don't want anything to do with this. You know, mm-hmm. you all came at me twisted after 2016 about how I fucking let people do this and whatever. I'm not gonna take any foreign money anymore. I'm not gonna tell anyone what they can and can't see. I'm just going to put it all out there and let them do what they want. And for some reason, it's still his fucking fault. And I don't get it. Like, I don't get how there isn't one person up there who's like, everyone shut the fuck up because he's doing what we should be doing right now, which is saying, this is none of your business. Step the fuck back. Take American money. Keep the foreign shit out of it and do your job. I don't like, that's what he wants to do. He's like, I don't, I don't want it, you know? Yep. And I don't understand why there's not one person who's saying, good on you, man. Because, because, because that, we have a class system in America now. We have a so political class of society that lives and works in this bubble. There are career politicians throughout that whole thing. Mind you, not every politician is one of them, but. They have a vested interest in just doing what they want and making the country run the way they want to do and, or, you know, perhaps the way they want their single, you know, section, their single voting block, their, their segment of the population. They want the world to work the way they work or they want things to work. Yeah. And it's, that's why they can get up there and grandstand and ask these ridiculous questions. And where most people should be like, why the fuck is that a question? Why are you asking that? Because that's what I'm all, that's what we have to deal with every time we listen to these testimonies. It's this political grandstanding. They have no connection to what we as a society actually like do, right? Live and work. And like nobody understands all this stuff. And then they can, that gives them the opportunity to ask those stupid kind of questions it's it seemed like an utter waste of time right and especially because like you said the intent of him going there was just was to talk about this digital currency Mm -hmm. like that's why he was supposed to be there which is something that is important and we should all be talking about right this is gonna happen it's going to happen it's grown exponentially there is a portion of our own u.s economy Involved in that, 
we need to understand what this is going to look like. We need to talk about this. We need to find out what's going on. And if Facebook's, which has a massive social impact, if they're going to do this, what is that going to look like for the right. rest of the country? We need to know this. We need to have this conversation, but we can't because unlike Jack Dorsey and Twitter, who has now banned paid political ads on right. their platform, Facebook is not doing that. So now Facebook's in trouble. I also don't – I don't hate this idea either, right? What Jack Dorsey's doing of no political ads because I've, personally, I'm getting tired of seeing this shit, right? See it all the time. And so everybody's own private account will still be doing that enough. Right. It's like I don't – I follow Tulsi Gabbard, not the campaign of Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. You know, I don't want that. I just want her. And so I'm not – In a lot of I'm ways. I'm not personally opposed <laughs> – I don't, maybe not that. I don't. I don't hate this idea either. Right? It's it's fine. I think that it's it's certainly another valid approach to dealing with lies and corruption and just bullshit and paid political ads. You know yeah. that like we're not going to allow you to pay us and be involved in your mm. lies. On and this that's just because, a market decision. And, and I have no problem I, with that. And I think that it's reflective of the things, the decisions that Twitter has made in the past and people they've choose to ban and stuff like that. And yeah, it's very um, it's very Twitter to do that. <laughs> it is. I am much more in favor of what Mark Zuckerberg has chosen to do. And I really hope that they stick with it because I think this is the right way to go. And I think that I hope that one day people will see that this was the right thing to do and that they see that they needed someone to hold them responsible for the information that they were consuming, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that that's really important. And I think it's, I think that that's reflective but that with the fact that we're here today, that that's important, right? Mm-hmm. That we both hold that very important that you guys as an audience, as America should be paying attention to what you're listening to and making sure that it's true and not just consuming it and then spitting it back out of your mouth without knowing whether or not it's actually legitimate, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that's again why we are here, why we're doing our best to check different sources, to listen to different people. To, to make sure object- that objectively, yeah, you know, that's and that's the goal, man. And that's what Mark Zuckerberg seems to be trying to force people to do. You know, now and I now and I don't in this space. And I think that again, that's fine. You none know? of this stuff that he's it's because it's so interesting. None of the stuff that he's talking about and the values he's like reflecting in his congressional hearings. You don't, you know, he's not necessarily doing that on his platform. It's a stark turn from what he used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that's, you know, the reason Twitter, there's no problem about Twitter doing what they just did. Yeah. Is because Twitter is much more related to the personality and person that Jack Dorsey is compared to Facebook, which is just this unstoppable monster that is no longer Mark Zuckerberg. He doesn't, he, you know, he no. he may run the the business aspect over the company aspect of it or something like that now, but he's not he's not in control of of the machine anymore necessarily. It's executive it boards be, and all this different yeah. stuff. Whereas Jack Dorsey, it, it, his platform is much much more reflective of him. Yeah, you know, and that's just not the case with with the Zuck. No, he seems to be you know reining it in a little bit more, especially with this decision. But um, I think you're correct. It's a it's an enormous mm-hmm. being um, that is, I think, largely out of his control, you know? So, um, I wanted yeah. to ask you this because you said something just a minute ago yes. about how, you know, it's 
it's not you're interested to see how this is going to go and like in later in history we're going to look back and say hey this was better that we let this this stuff just keep rolling you know yeah. it's better just you know, the the free speech absolutist argument essentially just let it roll you know as long as we're not trying to kill anybody we're not doing anything blatantly illegal let's just let it roll and the chips are going to fall where they where they will do you foresee the possibility of that simple kind of a open road just to you have, give everybody free reign do you think there's a possibility in the future that that will create a a conflict in some way that will alter the way the generation thinks I whatever think- generation that is it will it culminate into a tipping point where people realize that like yeah you can say whatever you want but just like, you know, free speech intends, in like, you still need to, like, just not be an asshole about it. You need to think about what you say. I th- yeah, I think that as long as people continue to not think about what they say and just be flippant about shit, you know, mm-hmm. especially... Because I don't is, see it changing right now. It's still one, one thing constant. Of, one thing of value I actually took from MSNBC this morning when I was watching mm-hmm. it. And yeah, this is real, right? Not the way that they delivered it because they're real pieces of shit just kind of as a whole. But <laughs> they were talking about... Like just they, when I thought there was a compliment they, in there. <laughs> well, there's a little bit, right? Because it was valuable information, I think. They played a clip of Louis Gohmert, Representative Louis Gohmert. Um, oh, my God. She's so sleeping. Cute. Um, on the floor of the house talking about how if, you know, this behavior from the Democrats continued, then there would be some type of civil war. And the last thing that he would ever want would be to be part of civil of a civil war. And, you know, someone that, but he couldn't remember said that guns were only the last phase of a civil war. And then, uh, Steve King came out earlier this week and said something about, you know, the South having like 8 trillion fucking bullets or something like that, you know? And, and you think and it's so Steve King, what are you trying to be the next so, fucking president of the Confederacy, bro? So MSNBC, to, nobody should be listening to anything know, that comes out of his mouth. MSNBC talked about that. And then they're like, and then these El Paso shootings happened, you know, and this dude talked about, you know, President Trump and he killed all these people based on their race. And then this person left a voicemail for this other representative that was really threatening and said, you know, Trump 2020. And it's, you know, all this rhetoric. And so I didn't, the way that they spun it was totally bullshit. It's so stupid. But uh, the part I think is valuable is that it does not help anyone for Louis Gomer to be talking about, oh, well, the last thing I I wanted to see to see is a civil war but if y'all keep fucking around like this then that's exactly what's going to happen that doesn't help anybody like that's not helping anyone especially in a world especially in a world stirring the pot bro where the other side is attributing language language like that to mass shootings and murders that's not helping anybody because and before that it was hitler and nazi and, and <coughs> white supremacists like like, None of that's not helping anyone. It's not good in a world where people are terrified of mass shootings, especially based on race and stuff like that, because of the way that media is spinning things and the way that politicians are spinning things. Steve King talking about how much ammunition lies in red states is not helping anyone. That's not helping the discussion at all. You know what I'm saying? When fucking Beto O'Rourke is getting support and talking about taking people's guns away, it does not help the conversation at all. For you to be talking about how much ammunition is lying in people's homes just fucking waiting to be used, you know? It doesn't help anybody, right? And I, again, I'm not attributing this language to mass shootings and violence. I'm not saying that these two things are connected. We've said very explicitly in the past that they're not connected, right? No. But 
it certainly doesn't fucking help, right? For you to be talking about civil war, talking about guns, talking about fucking gunfights and shit between two different political factions, that doesn't fucking help. That does not help anyone at all, ever. It's not making anything, it's not making anything better. So why are you wasting the time to go onto the floor and posture like you're some fucking animal, like you're ready to throw down, bring your AR in here and shoot somebody that you don't agree with? Like, yep. why are you doing that? Why? Because it's not helping. You know, it's only making things worse. It is giving more fodder. If nothing else, it's giving fodder to the other side to make stupid shit like this for people to watch at 7 o'clock a.m. on a Saturday when they're up fucking doing whatever, being like, God, Trump's a piece of shit. Look at all these Republicans. They're just waiting to murder us. They're waiting to kill me with their ARs, and Beto's gone. He's not even going to be here to take them, you know? Like, that's all you're doing. That's all that you're doing. It's not helping anyone, you know? It's it's the old, you know, when you're a politician, you're a public figure, right? And you have public performances. Every time you get out and do anything in your official capacity, that is a public performance. Read the room. Your room is yeah. the nation. Read the fucking room, people. Learn. Take a look what's going on. You really want to get out there firing a brimstone? Right. No, 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 no. Let's, let's talk about, like togetherness and unity and some real like you know barney shit let's let's get in there it's just not a good look you know but you're stirring the pot it's not helping yeah and it does it does hold i mean there's rhetoric is weird because you know obviously free speech you say what you want you're not calling for violence whatever it is but like there's unproductive fucking shit to say and how you say things can be very you know non-helpful right so you're not helping we meet every other week to exercise our free speech and put it on the internet right because we think that there are some things that can be valuable to other people the way that we've chosen to live our lives and i can speak personally right is we walk this line in our personal lives of wanting to share information that people will hopefully find effective and also not getting into conversations that will not have a positive outcome, right? And there, that's a really hard line to walk sometimes um, between not censoring yourself, you know what I'm saying, but still not involving yourself in a situation that won't benefit you in the long run. Yeah, read the room. It's hard. Right, and I think that that's like a really valuable skill, and I think that that's something that politicians are supposed to have. And but it doesn't win elections. And there's this new that's the problem acceptance in people like Donald Trump and Louis Gohmert in fucking Schumer, you know, and Maxine Waters and oh. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, people who are willing Shift. to say things right that are so exaggerated, and it it's and and don't add value to progress the conversation mm-hmm. in a positive manner, you know, and I don't. It's it's not helpful. It's not helpful for no. anyone to be happy that that's what their politicians are doing, you no. know, because all that does is add to this gridlock that we find and allow Trump to say, oh, the do-nothing Democrats, you know, and all this shit, mm-hmm. even though the Senate is still run by Republicans and there's still Republicans in the White House. There's mm-hmm. for still the do-nothing Democrats. It, 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 but either – and then I'm not saying that just to take shots at him, but I'm saying it, it – all it does is allow people to make illegitimate arguments – because you're doing things like that, you know? It's it's strange. So the longer that 
politicians especially continue to make statements that have no founding in truth and don't care about the outcome the longer this is going to continue to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. and and all of this ties, I think back to personal responsibility that in the end, they're like, Oh, that's not what I meant. You know, you know, that's not really what I meant. I didn't literally meet a civil war when I was on the floor talking about guns and shit. Like I was just saying shit because it's just so ludicrous. You know, I was speaking in hyperbole because it's just so crazy that this is happening. And the longer that that continues to happen, the longer that people are saying it was literally the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody ever. Like, I don't, that's, but it's, it's not right. And, and people, I mean, they're like, oh, well, it's no. just a word. Like, it's just, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just speaking in hyperbole. I'm like, that's fine. But it's a bastardization of the English language that you're just fucking it all over the place because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, why well, just, I'm really trying to be, you know, I want to really evoke as much emotion as possible in my language that I, as Donald Trump can say that China is raping America in our economy. You know, they're raping America because our president has literally said that, not figuratively, literally said that in the actual words that China is raping America. But you can't say lynching. So what, right? So I don't, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? Yeah, yeah. A world Um, where the exaggerated language is accepted because we want to, you know, publicly mm -hmm. express how serious this is. That we're so, going to take the most traumatic thing somebody could possibly ever go through yeah. in their lives and apply it to a combating economy. Oh, I spilled my know? beer. My beer raped me. I, it's like Jesus, dude. No, it's that it's doesn't dark. Okay, you know you got to. That's that only belongs up in this situation. And there's a difference. Just to be clear, there's a difference. Not that it's that much better. There's a difference between a 14 year old playing Call of Duty and saying that guy fucking raped me in this last match, and yep. the president saying. China is raping America. There is a fundamental know, difference. A, a very, one is a, a public stark figure. Difference, yeah. You know, and one is like a public said, figure, and one's a kid talking shit. Right. Not that it's good, but hopefully by the time that 14 year old is 18, 19, 20 years old, he'll know that he shouldn't say, This person raped me on the internet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're not allowed to have I that know. thought. I said that shit because that people started saying that when I was a teenager. I don't fucking say that man. now, you know. It's there's a certain point where you learn that that's not acceptable, mm-hmm. but when you allow the other adults who are supposed to be more adult in the room when you allow them to use language like that mm-hmm. it becomes acceptable all over again you know yeah. and you have kids <laughs> this has become a very broad conversation i but love it though <laughs> you have kids that are getting you know we're at a point where you have to arrest kids because they're saying shit on the internet about <laughs> fucking wanting to shoot people up and stuff you know and then their parents are like but he would never say he didn't even mean that and it's like but here we are you know, here we fucking are where these kids think that it's okay to say shit like this because they're seeing politicians talking about countries raping other countries. So he thinks that it's okay to talk about, you know what I'm saying? Well, a lot of communication happens behind the door, the veil of, of, of the anonymity internet. that is yeah. the internet. Parents can't, you know, you can't talk like that with your friends playing at the house because your fucking parents are home. So yeah. you don't do that. There's no authority figure to tell you no. That's fucked up to say, you little bastard. Shut up. But on Xbox Live, you can say whatever you want. Exactly. And that's a societal problem, not a a, a governmental legal problem, whatever like that. But that's just we, – we live in a very strange new world, and we don't know how to live in it yet. It's weird, man. It's fucking weird. It man. happened too fast. It's And it's going to continue to be faster. Yeah. And we're going to need to adapt quicker. Which is terrifying because our governmental system is built to be slow as fuck. 
So yes. I had a random thought. All right, let's hear it. High thought. To avoid the problem of the celebrity presidential race. Okay. No more voting for president as a public body. We vote for our representatives who, as a party, elect the president. Because isn't that really what it is anyways? The party, through the nomination process and everybody's running campaigns, the party picks who they fucking want to win, who want to be the nominee, right? The primary process and all this stuff, it's it's kind of weird, but like the party ultimately endorses their candidate. Like a super electoral college. It's why Bernie Sanders got fucked in 2016. Yeah. Because that was happening. That that is not a thing that it you know that's not a conspiracy theory or anything that did happen. And it, in in this case, you would have to somehow make the districts not politically gerrymandered, right? Gerrymandering happens on the state level, so it would have to stay. So the you're same. just gonna let it. I've had the gerrymander conversation so many times. I still don't know what to make of it, so I just fall back on it's a state it's problem. It's hard. It's a the hard fucking, discussion. To the have. local, the local motherfuckers. Take care of this shit. We need to get a hammer on them. We don't need to fix it at the top level. That's our problem. Our problem. Yeah. We don't want to lose the, our our statehood, essentially, by by giving our say in who we elect to the federal level. We don't want to do that. We want yeah. to keep the state sovereign. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? Then we just need to start having prime ministers and become a parliamentarian system. <laughs> but, you know, would it be that that worse to like essentially not give a fuck who the president is and just hope and all this stuff and then just elect just make the you know your state rep elections like bigger your senate you know elections more popular all this stuff is much more intriguing to everybody whereas most people don't know who their two fucking senators half the time they just know who the president is I don't know. I would have to think about that. Yeah think about it. I would I, have to yeah was I literally a I just thought about that because I had those Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton corkscrew and nutcracker over there. Yeah. I'll let you do the math on who's who because you can't see it on camera. But uh, I look at that and I was like, yeah, man. What if we didn't care who the fuck those people were? I mean, we kind of knew, but it's yeah. essentially you're voting for the party. Which I don't like that now that I say that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, we need to talk about impeachment. Yes, but before we do that, I want to take a break real quick, um, and then we'll Good call. come back, and we will talk about... I was having the internal struggle of whether I sh- we should take a break, I should pitch for a break, or just just ride it. Yeah, no, we're going to do it. We're going to take a break real quick. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about some impeachment inquiry, uh, some Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, yeah. uh, because fuck ISIS, and then we are going to talk about some Richard Epstein, probably a little bit of sports, and then we're going to get the fuck Yeah, because I here. need to know. I don't know anything about this Epstein thing. you got to fill me in real quick. <sighs> okay, then we'll definitely talk about Epstein. Word. We'll be right back. Peace. Welcome to the salt of the streets, coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat. With everything going on in this nation, we need some information, and that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation. With real talking, real topics, real people, real problems, think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Right, Cause that's the what, what's up, oh, man. Let's get ready. And we're back. <laughs> So we were just talking about this event going on at Silver. I got some personal stuff going on on Silver City, but I discovered yesterday because we went over to shout out John and uh, Olivia who were over at their place last night, hanging out and having some in-depth, awesome conversations, which people don't do very often anymore, which is terrible because it needs to happen more. And Carolina had bought like a 
a thing of cider and a thing of hard seltzer. And I had never seen this hard seltzer before. And I looked at it because I'm not a hard seltzer guy because all the sugar and stuff that most are in most of them. So I'm looking at this thing. Silver City Brewing. Oh. Judgment. Judgment. I passed judgment. I was <laughs> like, oh, you're trying to get the fucking the basic white bitch white claw people going on. You know, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. <laughs> Bro, if that's your catchphrase, don't drink it. That's a bad idea. It's like four loco. So how was it? Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't a fan. No, no. It's, what it's, flavor was it? It was passion fruit, I think. Mm. But uh, the girls really liked them, so they must be good hard seltzer if that's what your rodeo is. But you just, but I was, dude. I I was like so offended. You didn't love it though. That's no, definitely not. But I was so offended that Silver City was they, like, they what? Got to get on the game. You're making. Man. I mean, it's a business decision, I guess. At uh, we we do have a basic white bitch culture. At the Wob, they have. Like a seltzer handle that they put different fruit and shit in. Now, see that? As long as it's not sweet, I'm down with that. Because I love regular seltzer. Like, un, you know, I mean, like flavored, non-sweet and just carbonated water. Like yeah. lemon, lemon-flavored, lemon carbonated water. Whatever. You know? Yeah, and this is just like a setup that they have there that they stuff fruit in this fucking pipe thing and then they run the seltzer through it. See, that's dope. So, I like that idea. Yeah, that's what they do. So, that's dope. But yeah, I was highly upset about that so anyways now that we're pissed off about silver city um can we be pissed off about impeachment or do or are we happy about impeachment um that's a hard question <laughs> mixed Colin. feelings um, right it's not an easy one to to, to i certainly on. as we've said in the past i think that the inquiry is the right way to go um i don't I'm at a strange place because I just kind of really considered the option for the first time this week that that he might be the president might be impeached in the house but not acquitted or but not condemned or uh you yeah. know but, but, acquitted, but acquitted in the, acquitted Senate, in the Senate and so therefore not removed mm-hmm. in in which case I'm like what's the fucking this? point right if that's if that's going to be the outcome then I don't really see the point of like it's a bad idea. This whole jam, you know what I'm saying? Um, I just other, go, other Nancy, than to Nancy, you a good politician. You have been for the most part, yeah, throughout than, your whole career. This, I hope you know something I don't. Other than to try and ensure that he won't win the 2020 election by airing something so egregious that no one could vote for him. Um, That's what it, makes me think that she's got. Something, but in that's that case, Mitch. in that case, in that case, you have got to have a candidate that is legitimate enough that people will actually vote for them. You know, because even if you have shown this questionable shit, if it's not so crazy that a Republican will vote for a moderate Democrat, then you're fucked. You have to have somebody that a Republican can stomach voting for. Or else it's it's not going to work. Yeah, I saw know? this fucking meme the other day. I was trying to find it last night uh, and I couldn't. But it was like is a reaction of somebody that was going the moment you realize Larry David, Larry David, it was Larry David yeah, from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah, it's him. Like just <clears throat> it's like Excuse it's me. the old uh, you know voting for president is like picking which pile of shit smells least. You know, yeah. smells better and. Like that is, but we have a new form of that now. There's a new level. 
It's like, do you want to commit to like fifty-seven trillion dollars a year and running a that kind of a deficit for universal health care, or do you vote for Trump again? Yeah. Oh, oh, God, no. Yeah, and it's unfortunate to already be faced with this type of decision, right? Um, so as far as the actual impeachment inquiry, mm-hmm. um, over the last two weeks since we've been here, there has been a whole slew of people that have come and testified. Yep. A lot of them, um, the text message people. He, yeah, yeah. Um, and so a lot of people, let me see. Here Which I will say, I'm going to plug my future blog post um, for what it'll be next week. Next Monday after the, yeah, because this show, this Monday, boom, boom, boom. Um, I'm going to be reading aloud and passing a little opinion off on the the actual opening statements from a lot of these testimonies that have been going on this week. So, the last time we were here was the 18th. Uh, yeah, and the day before that, Gordon Sondland had testified, and he was the U.S. ambassador to the European Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the twenty second, William B. Taylor Jr. testified. He's the top American diplomat in the Ukraine. Um, on the twenty third, Laura K. Cooper testified, deputy assistant uh, secretary of defense for Russia. On the twenty sixth, Philip T. Reeker testified, the acting assistant secretary at the State Department's Bureau of European and Eurasian Affairs. On the 29th, Alexander Vindman testified, the Director of European Affairs, the National Security Council. On the 30th, Christopher J. Anderson testified, a Foreign Service officer who served as an advisor to Kurt D. Volker. And on the 30th, Catherine M. Croft, a Foreign Services officer who worked at the National Security Council, testified. And on the 31st, Halloween, Timothy Morrison, the outgoing top Russia expert on the National Security Council, testified. So all these people working in the Trump administration have testified um, in front of various members, regardless of what you're hearing from conservative media. There are Republicans and Democrats both in the room. People who have top secu- – top – Jesus fucking Christ. You got this. People who have top secret security clearance, yeah, that, that'll do the trick. Yeah, well. um, people who have top secret security clearance in the House Investigative and Judiciary Committee are allowed in these rooms, and people who don't are not. And that's because you are discussing things that are top secret classified, right? For the same reason that you have open hearings in the House and you have closed hearings in the House, there are some things that can be discussed in open and some things that cannot. Mm-hmm. Also, since we've been here, we had a storm of Republican representatives try and get their way into the skiff, right? They tried to, yep. which stands for- I was sec- like, wait, from the beginning secure, of the show? Or- <laughs> secured Communication and Information Facility. That's, what's, that's what skiff- stands for because last time we were here we had no fucking idea nope. so people who are not clear to be hearing this information because they don't have top security clearance people who brought their fucking cell phones into the skiff which is way 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 against the rules and people who barged their fucking way in without asking because they shouldn't have been there anyway yep. tried to tried to and did barge their way in and then were removed forcibly by the I mean not you know forcibly but were removed by the police officers in in that room because mm-hmm. they shouldn't fucking be there in the first place and it's a security concern to bring your cell phone into a secured what the fuck did I just call it skiff yeah but it's a secured, secured classified information Jesus facility Christ. communication communication information facility there it is 
To bring your cell phone into that area is super fucking dangerous. Yeah. Super dangerous. You for can't do it security. like we have, you know, one of the biggest aspects to our local economy here is the, the two naval stations that we have. And there is a lot of people that operate in a security clearance situation right. where you have to, when, essentially, when you sign up for the job, you bring your phone in, and, or I mean, you have to remove the camera to your phone. Yeah. Or you can't work there. Or well, you just have to phones, leave it in right. your car or something. Yeah. Right. And so, like, our controversy right now shouldn't be talking about impeachment. We should be talking about all these special elections that have to happen now because every single one of these people blatantly broke the law yeah and need to be removed from office but for some reason they're being championed by you know the republicans for trying to combat the so-called unconstitutional process yeah you know but i don't think they really are i think you think they're really being championed or no i don't think so i mean realistically anybody that really knows what's I mean, going on i think on it was here. just kind of a win the day type of thing yeah this know? is like just some bullshit ploy to try to be like yeah. we are morally superior it's right like, i don't care you're an idiot shut up right so you know? of the of all these people who testified since the last time we we're here i think the big three um are gordon sondland who testified the day before we recorded the last time alexander vinman and then bill taylor right um and so i have kind of boiled down the things that we learned from these three individuals and these yeah. are going to be among the opening statements that colin is going to read as the audio blog post Dude, which I'm i so think excited. is i think that's a really really great thing to do um i'm gonna do a whole series of them now, so gordon sondland um he testified on the 17th i believe i mm-hmm. said um and from him, we learned that Donald Trump had involved Rudy Giuliani in the Ukraine involvement, right? Uh, or inf- involved him in the Ukraine involvement. The we, uh, Ukraine affair. Yeah. That's the, the most, Ukraine that's affair. like the title I've liked the most lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had learned that Giuliani had also requested a written statement about the investigation uh, regarding Burisma from the Ukrainian government, he wanted them to have some type of letter or written statement saying that they were going to hold investigations mm-hmm. and that would help them get a meeting with the president. And this is Sondland um, you're talking about, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'll save um, this for Bill Taylor. And he also learned, we also learned that, or he said that he wasn't told, Gordon Sondland said he was never told that it wasn't wrong to require an investigation into, into the 2016 election by Ukraine, right? Because... There's all this question about because we'll we'll talk about it as we get to Bill Taylor and Alexander Vindman that mm-hmm. they told uh, Gordon Sondland once they found out that this was the plan that you should not be asking a foreign government to be investigating you know these political appointees like none of this stuff that's personal political stuff should be anywhere near involved any of this money going into Ukraine. Yep. Both of these individuals claim to have told Gordon Sondland that, and he says that he no one ever told him that he had no idea that that was even in in question that they should be doing this, right? Mm-hmm. When Alexander Vindman and Bill Taylor, both career politicians, well, Alexander Vindman was in the armed forces for an incredibly long time. He and, still is. He's active duty now. Right, and still is and just working for the government. And then Bill Taylor is a career politician who worked in the Bush administration and now under the Trump administration. Both say that they told Gordon Sondland that this was wrong and it shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all around the same time that Bolton leaves. Yes, I think this was this was the 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 last straw on, on the campus. Yes, back because it it was the meeting. It was there was a meeting in which Alexander Vindman was told by Gordon Sondland that this was happening. He said, yeah. "This is we are you know we need to request that they are going to do an investigation into Brisma and all this shit." 
And then we can talk about a meeting with the president. We can talk about this money that's going into it. Mm-hmm. Alexander Vindman said, the National Security Council is not going to have anything to do with that. We have nothing to do with dip, with domestic political affairs that is has nothing to do with us. We're not going to tell the Ukrainian government they have to do that. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. It was in that same meeting that aides to John Bolton, I believe John Bolton was there as well, who said yeah. – that is ridiculous. This is not anything that should be being discussed. You guys are going to tell the lawyers about this because this is so ludicrous. And Giuliani is the one that told you to do this. This has a fucking hand grenade. This is a drug deal. This is all this shit. These the are real deal. things, that real things it. that John Bolton said. Someone that we call the radical. John Bolton is saying Rudy Giuliani is a hand grenade and this is a fucking drug deal in between the Ukraine and the Trump administration. Yeah. Right? It's because John Bolton's specialty is dealing with like conflict on the geopolitical level, yes. right? This is diplomacy on the geopolitical level. And he goes, no, 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 motherfuckers. This is not the way this is supposed to work. He's a by-the-book guy. He just uses it to kind of his shady advantage exactly. when it comes to, like, regime change and stuff. And Oh, my good God. I told you. Danky dread oh bread. God. That's amazing. Isn't it? I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm just going to put it right here. That's amazing. Because I'm good for now. Um so the, and the, yeah, this is Sondland we're talking about. Uh, yes, and, and then it's important to note. I think <coughs> right on the just looking twenty twenty at this, um, Sondland is part of this. What do they call them? The three amigos now. Some of the three head leaders um, in correct, the, yeah, in that branch of what we'll get into later. Rudy with Giuliani, Bill Gordon Taylor, Sondland, and then uh, Ambassador Perry. Volker. Yeah, and then Rick Perry also yeah. part of this fucking little gang that yep. will come to be known as like. The informal channel to the Ukraine, right? Yep. And just from this little timeline I have here, another little excerpt. Gordon Sondland, a U.S. ambassador to the European Union, told House investigators that Mr. Trump largely delegated Ukraine policy to his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, a move that he disagreed with. And Mr. Sondland has defied the administration by agreeing to comply with a subpoena to testify, but his lawyer will not produce documents unless the State Department says that that's okay. <coughs> That's so, important to know yeah. because the Trump administration, as we may or may not have talked about before, has told anyone who works for them or has worked for them that they should not testify. They are not allowed to testify. The subpoena don't mean shit. And you shouldn't go. A move which I truly, truly believe is or could be indicative of a first step away from democracy and towards a unilateral executive theory taking place and manifesting itself in the form of someone who intends to take more control than the executive branch has ever had before. Oh, dude, Um, this is Vice 2.0. It's deeply concerning to me that we have someone that is willing to openly defy a co-equal branch of the United States government and to be supported by modern media in some realms and by politicians and it, it, it's it's gravely concerning to me that See, not every politician not all 535 congressmen in the united states have all come out and said don't you fucking say that you will literally turn over every document that we ask for you will comply with every subpoena that we put out because we are the united states congress you don't make the rules here the constitution does yeah, and for yeah. you to deny us access is unconstitutional i have a slight caveat what you got I would only reach that level of um, offended constitutionally when it goes to an actual vote to impeach the president. This the because what really started this whole thing off the the major controversy on this recently 
was Nancy Pelosi essentially taking a vote on the process of on the Thursday. impeachment inquiry. Correct. Because she announced a while back that the official impeachment inquiry was starting. There was no yeah. vote because that, again, that is the House prerogative to do impeachment whatever freestyle way they want to do. Right. Because ultimately, as far as the House is concerned, from my understanding, the in, their entire involvement is in the ability to investigate and present evidence to support their 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 desire to impeach. Uh-huh. And then all that goes up to the Senate and that's what really matters is cuz that is the trial portion. This is somebody bringing a fake ass lawsuit against you that like Well, I th- yeah, think I got to now I got to defend myself and these guys are going to look like idiots. Think that even even if he's not even if the president is not indicted in the Senate, I still think that it matters because you he still has to wear that. You know what I'm saying? He still has to wear the fact that he was impeached in the House, even if he wasn't removed by the Senate, the mm-hmm. same way that Bill Clinton did. You know, but as of right you now, you still like, have to wear that. Like we can say it any way we want right now, but I mean, like the the president is being impeached right now. Like the process has started. Yeah, but technically, it does not start until there's a vote. And now, now have they officially voted on the first step of starting? And you know, we're Paper trail. Um, paper yeah, trail. but this isn't follow the resolution. But this isn't the vote. You know, no, this is the a vote. vote. Will be. That's why all the Republicans right. can say no because right. it was a partisan vote. A hundred percent. It was this on was a party vote lines on a resolution, which is essentially outlining the rules of the public portion of this inquiry. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what this vote for. Because there's a lot of people that don't understand. They thought that the impeachment inquiry itself. <laughs> Was the impeachment process, you know, mm-hmm. and which it technically, it, it, it's, technically it's a step is, of it, yeah, but it's not the actual because like, it can manifest you know itself saying? in any way. But it's not the actual impeachment, is what my yeah. point is. That there's a distinction between the two that's important to note. The same way that this vote is important to distinguish that it is not the vote that is being asked for, because not but not because, but this is a vote simply on the rules of the open stage of the inquiry, right? Yeah. Um, because we're moving publicly now. Right. So on Thursday, there was the vote and it on the resolution that passed 232 to 196, which is to allow subpoenas to start being placed for open hearings to happen, for closed hearings to continue to happen, for the president and his lawyers to be able to call witnesses, ask questions, be present for the hearings, um, and then in turn, you know, use all this evidence and whatnot in the mm-hmm. eventual Senate trial. Um, and this gives, you know, Republican subpoena power and able to request witnesses. It also gives Democratic leadership the power to deny witnesses, deny subpoenas, things like that, which might be shitty, but again, is their right to do, you know, it's mm-hmm. a political process. So politics, so dealing with politics, politics is, yeah, is inherent in it. Um, there's really no way around that, yeah. you know, like in um, all of our issue talk over the last, you know, year plus. Yeah. Like there's always politics behind those things. But in this case, it is 100% pure politics. Yeah. And so there is th- the things that are going to get that are going to unfold from now on are going to be some of the most ridiculously said things to do. Yeah. And that's essentially just to make political moves at this point until we get to that point where they're either going to actually. Vote on the resolution to impeach or not. 
It's also important to note that the secrecy of the process thus far is not totally unprecedented, um, especially in the realm of Richard Nixon. There mm-hmm. was a lot of hearings that happened in private before they came out. It's, they're not, you know, uh, identical situations. I'm not arguing that they are because there was also um, special prosecutors that were active at the time of both Richard Nixon and of Bill Clinton that differ from these situations a little bit. But my point is only that it is often said there's a couple of bullshit arguments I have written down here um, that are often used that are illegitimate. Um, and one of them is that this is a totally unfounded process. It's totally ridiculous. You know, we've never seen anything like this before. It's not completely unprecedented. Like I said, they're not identical situations, but it's also not an outlined set of rules where there's a certain way it has to be done. So they can just kind of not just kind of do what they want, but they can mm-hmm. kind of do what they want, especially if there's precedent for it in the past. Yeah. Um, and that's what gives the Republicans room to do stupid stunts like storm the skiff. Right. Because right. this, there is no real rules other than the House makes their own rules on how they do this. Which speaks to another nonsense argument that you were kind of talking about that this is a purely political process. There's not a whole lot of rules. There's huge argument of, oh, you know, the president is not getting due process. He's not, nothing's happening. There is no due process in this political situation that's happening here. It's not a judicial trial. He's not, you know, at risk of being uh, sentenced to 50 years in prison or some shit like that. (laughs) Not yet. You know what I'm saying? This this isn't a judicial process. There is no due process here. It is, they are making it up as they go, as they are supposed to do, because that's how it's written out, right? Um, so the, the due process thing is ridiculous. Um, cause he will get due process when it gets to the Senate. Right. When there is the a judicial trial branch happening. gets involved. Right. Right. And that's, that's why this is all, this is, this is just one big investigation and a gathering of evidence and a gathering of information. And then they make the call whether or not they want to send it up the chain or right. they kill it here. And in the Senate, as we've talked about, the Chief Justice of the United States sits in the Senate and watches over the trial as the judge would in a in a standard trial anywhere else in the United States. Yep. They sit there and they hear all the evidence. I believe that other justices are there as well. I'm sure they're allowed to attend whether or not it's part of the process. Oh, I'm sure. Um, the senators are there as the jury. And then there are lawyers for both sides that come and make those arguments. As we said, in the other process, there was the special prosecutor that was there either, you know, on the side of the Republicans or, you know, not against the president. There was a special prosecutor there to present the evidence and the president has his lawyers to defend himself, right? Yeah. Is that the only major difference here is at this point, are, there's no special From prosecutor? From what I understand, yeah, is that that's part of why the other ones were done in secret is because there was a special prosecutor who was doing his shit in secret mm-hmm. and was working for the house and therefore reporting those things. I would imagine at some um, point they would have to appoint one. Probably at the point where they, it's, it would probably be in the resolution or the act that they passed to. I don't actually, know. I know that. F- you know? I know that for Bill Clinton, um, star was already there because he was doing the shit with whitewater and then yeah. it got expanded into this other stuff that turned into the yeah. impeachment inquiry. So kind of like um, the, what Robert Mueller started doing and right, turned into doing. Right. And so I, I don't, I have a hard time believing that if they did, if, 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 Donald Trump wins again in 2020, right? Let me lie this out for you, right? If Donald Trump wins again in 2020, the impeachment inquiry or the impeachment process itself is not done. I think that there will be a special prosecutor put in place to just – to like let's get this over with, right? But I also don't think that it will be Robert Mueller. 
It will be a completely another person doing some other shit where, you know, like as mm-hmm. Bill Starr, whatever that guy's name is, Bob, whatever the fuck his name is. Bob Woodward. Star, uh, star, you know, who did the Bill Clinton investigation. Yep. He handled that whole deal. Robert Mueller would not be involved in this no. next thing. He's way too controversial of a personal of a person to. He's already compromised. Yeah, to be involved in the next investigation. Um, but from what I understand, those are that's really the main difference. Yeah, is that there is no special prosecutor involved, and so it can be made out to be much more partisan because it's the leaders of the committees in the House that are doing this investigation. Yeah, um, which, which by nature is it, partisan, it, right? Because it's a. Uh, Depending on the balance of what party's in power. A fair argument, yeah, yeah. But I don't I also It's just one of those like, yeah, it is what it is, bro. That's right. the system we have. Right. So And those people having been in those positions for so long that would allow them to be the chairmen of the committee, I think shows that there would be an inherent political bias in those people simply yeah. by virtue of the fact that like i said they've been there for so long you which know? is another aspect that, that bothers me about like aoc getting appointed to a committee because right. now that she's already on the committee she can work her way up and I, she doesn't obviously through her rhetoric doesn't have an idea <laughs> right. how the country works but um i'm sorry i kind of derailed you off to sutherland but um, no that's okay i was gonna move one on was to bill taylor uh vidman real quick vidman. um yeah because vidman Who, was said he that- before bill taylor um, no, I believe Bill Taylor was, was first. So yeah, okay. we can talk about but Bill Vinman Taylor But Vinman was first. quick. Um, yes. Um, Vinman, who served in the armed forces for an incredibly long time and was injured in an IED attack in the Middle East, um, now serves as the director for European affairs of the National Security Council. He was on the phone call between Mr. Trump and President Volinsky. Um, President Trump and President Volinsky. It's weird that in here they call him Mr. Trump and not President Trump. Right. Right. Super weird. And it's throwing me off because we call him the president um, out of simply out of respect because he's the fucking president and they call him Mr. Trump. And I think that that's very strange. Um, yeah. That's when you go, you know, because it's always representative so-and-so, senator so-and-so, congressman so-and-so, yeah. something like that, or Mr. President or president so-and-so. Yeah. And then you have like Mr. Giuliani because he's yeah. operating in an official capacity, but right. he's not – an official, a public official. So he, Alexander Vindman was on the phone call between President Trump and President uh, Zelensky and that started this whole impeachment inquiry. Um, and Alexander Vindman said that the quote unquote transcript, right, that we talked about, we called it a printout or a readout, right? Yeah. Because it's not a transcript. And the, it's the, an annotative transcript. Right. It's, it is compiled of people's memories of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alexander Vindman said that the transcript is incomplete and that there are things there that drastically change um, the perception of it. And I have a, a a paragraph here that we can fucking oh dude because context matters yeah that's why oh dude so i'll take a sidetrack while you're listening to that um, dan carlin recently put out a book he wrote a book while he was kind of in between hard, hard hardcore history and whatever that i can't remember the name of that world war one documentary that they just made um but the new hardcore history came out about the Pacific Theater in World War II. Right. And it's finally got to that point after three episodes of like four hour long shows that he's actually there. It's modern. He's talking about MacArthur and stuff like that. But he also released his book and I started listening to that this week. And it is, it's phenomenal. It's just one long hardcore history that's kind of chopped up in a different way. 
but it is phenomenal so far. That and super plug for the madness of crowds. Michael Malice, I want to say, is the author. I got to double check that. Hang on. Douglas Murray. Douglas Murray or, yeah. Michael Malice is the, the whatever you call him. But yeah, Douglas Murray's new book, The Magic of Crowds, it's gender, race, and identity, I think is the the subtitle or whatever, but it, it's fucking phenomenal. And he's so he's a he's a British man who has a very soothing accent, and he narrates his book too. And so Dan Carlin narrates his, and then Douglas Murray narrates his book, and they are the most like pleasurable things to listen to. Yeah. They are so soothing, but it's just so so good. The Madness of Crowds, I'm actually going to pick up as a, a book book and I will, you know, give it to you so that you can read it. Because you usually read, I think, more than you listen to audiobooks. Uh, yes. I don't have to, with all the podcasts that I listen to at work, I don't have time for yeah. audiobooks. They take uh, too long. They definitely do. I am just trying to fucking... Trying to find that paragraph? Yeah. From Vinman? What was the context of the paragraph? So I got Vinman's thing up, I think. He was His is much that, shorter than than um Bill Taylor's was. Right, right. And he he's in in his testimony he said that he tried to restore the transcript to its original state. Um and so now I'm trying to find cuz I think it was in this article that I read not in the oh, okay. in the statement, but um this is an article about his testimony and he said when he was in there that he tried to change or he tried to restore the transcript to its original state so that it could be a word for word. Um, and he wasn't able to do it, but that there was shit that was left out of there that, that was, that was legitimate. Um, so I'll have to, I don't know. I mean, isn't it weird all. though? Do you think that like just in the, the context of history and the, the written history and things like that, like that would be a really good thing to have actually written down verbatim recorded transcribed <coughs> just for you're gonna the records of history yeah if you're gonna do something sketchy, just period you know? just period this is yeah it's the information age we need we should be keep i mean fuck we if google knows where i'm at every day of my life if you're tracking my phone it, calls yeah. yeah then i need yeah. to know what the fucking president's saying i don't think that's a, an unreasonable ask no no i don't think so at all um so alexander vindman also says that he told Gordon Sondland that the National Security Council would not try and push the Ukraine to look into the 2016 election and uh, crowd strike and fucking all this nonsense, right? That's going yeah. on there. Um, and again... Burisma, Biden, and crowd strike. Right. And I read a couple of different articles about Gordon Sondland and his testimony, and a lot of the different representatives said that he didn't lie, but he said... a. He definitely provided information that covered his ass. Yeah. You know, that made him look like he was not as involved as maybe he might have been. But nothing he said was a lie. They don't have any reason to believe it was a lie. But And I think because of what Bill Taylor said, I think that's going to be – there's going to be a reason why he tried to be like, well, yeah, I mean, I was there, but I'm like, I wasn't really there. Right, right. Because Bill Taylor's testimony was the one that people were really tripping about. That Bill Taylor said that is the one that kind of exposed that there had been two completely different channels for dealing with the Ukraine. Um, One was the official channel that involved Alexander Vindman, Bill Taylor, uh, and all these other people that are – that usually deal with Eurasian affairs, according to with yeah. Ukraine. The um, standard operating procedure yeah. of the State Department. It's why we have a State Department, is so they handle 
diplomacy and then in there, a lot of fashions. And then there's this group outside, uh, Rudy Giuliani, Kurt Volker, Gordon Sondland, Rick, Rick Perry. Perry, that are going over and speaking with the Ukrainian government in an official and yet non-official um, capacity because they cannot – I guess they're not it's not against the law for them to be there but they're not allowed to technically deal make for the United States when they're not deal makers for the United States because they're not the state department right um this is an unofficial shadow governmental channel right trying um, to create policy behind you know in lieu of the state department right why Nixonian level fucking um oh damn it what's the word paranoia nixonian level paranoia about CrowdStrike? about the fucking deep state yeah he can't trust any of the institutions right so right. he institutes his own shadow and that's that's shit. been the justification for a lot of people for this and I, I told you i heard like an individual person in the united states a citizen say mm-hmm. that when they were being interviewed it was at a fucking town hall for for some representative like in minnesota or some shit mm-hmm. one of her yeah, constituents yeah, yeah. was saying like no he this is right because he can't trust you know the state department he can't trust anyone who works for him because they're all just trying to get him and peter struck and lisa page and all these people they're just coming after him and it's like that's dog, you what? can't because newsflash they work for him it's his problem if he doesn't go in there and clean fucking house when he got elected because he doesn't know that all your political appointments matter in this giant machine of government you keep how many times <coughs> have you heard the term Obama era holdover. <laughs> right. That these are the people that leak to the press. These are the people that are, you know, the and I, I hate the fact that this came out this week, but like there is speculation on who the actual whistleblower was. Oh really? And he's a registered Democrat. He's a Obama era holdover, you know, worked for the FBI and CIA and like all this good stuff. And, you know, nobody's corroborated that. It was from real clear investigations. Word. But people are running with that. Yeah. And it's like, you, why was he still here? Right. Why was he still here? If you, the government leaks like people, a sieve, yeah. Why do you have all these people still it's working? because you don't you. know people that play the game. I mean, there are a lot of jobs for the federal government that only last for like four to eight years. Yeah. Because you work for the administration. And right. when the administration either doesn't like what you do, the way you think, or their term ends – you usually gone. You're done. It's a fucking seasonal job. Yeah. But he didn't get that, and now he's paying the price. Yeah. Um, if I if I had to guess, I don't. Nobody can confirm that. Oh, absolutely, but. because there's a whole slew of people who have quit. I mean, there's some of these people who are still in their positions, but many of these people who have testified have quit. Quit because. Yeah. A lot of them attributed directly to this phone call because they were so disturbed at. Either the phone call or when they found out the process in which the phone call came about, right? The conditions that are being laid out because that's another thing that Bill Taylor said is that he found out that there were conditions um, being laid out by this improper, you know, channel to the Ukraine of things that they had to do before they, uh, the White House would host them for a meeting, mm-hmm. right? And it's theorized that this improper channel knows that a meeting for the Ukrainian president at the White House would be super legitimizing 
very legitimizing to be hosted by the United States, to be there, be involved and be questioned by the press and all this stuff is super legitimizing for someone who just got there, who was a comedian before he was a politician and was a president, would <laughs> would look really good for him to go to the United States and meet with the president of the United yes. States, you know? Especially given their, their geopolitical background. Yes. They have not been in a good spot for a while. Russia right. has done some serious internal damage to them. Terrible things to the Ukraine. And, and literally – conquered portions of it and there's a fucking ongoing there's a war right now right and it's it's happening but all that aside it's i i have a problem now getting over this the timing when you think about what this is happening the stuff that bill taylor's talking about that sutherland's talking about the timeline and when john bolton you know left slash got fired like the timing is it purely coincidental that we automatically associated you know trump's foreign policy decisions to him leaving right versus like going looking at this stuff and just knowing that john bolton isn't he's an administration guy yeah he, he works within the standard channels and does all those things and then he just does his own thing in foreign right. policy and that's why not to interrupt you but just to give some background to that that's why you said this is like a vice 2.0 type of thing yes. right because John Bolton in this vice, the Christian Bale movie that we're talking about in that era, the Bush era, he was in there and balling so hard because they were able to do things under that unilateral executive theory. And it's only because of that that he was like, yeah, I'll fucking do whatever. I don't give a shit. All this is justified. My theories behind Iran justified behind this and this and this fucking bomb first and all this stuff. It's all justified behind this. You know, he has a reason for everything. Nothing is just because, you know, yep. it may be a really radical way to interpret this thing, but it's all based on something that's already set as precedent or a rule or something. He follows the rules. And that's not – like I said, not to interrupt, but just to give no, back to what you're saying. But I think that it makes me think now that he left because of this happening when we didn't know it was happening. Because of this drug deal? And not so much – yeah, and not so much the fucking foreign policy shit. Yeah. You know, it might have just been a combination of both. Who knows? But it's very, very interesting. And do we hit Bill Taylor yet? Are we We're talking to him? about him right now. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that simple. He was the first one that established that idea of a shadow. Uh, yes. Channel. Yeah. You know. He I also said that that Mick Mulvaney is the one that ordered the hold on the Ukrainian uh, defense assistance, which is interesting because now did he actually say that? Yes. In okay. in the opening statement, he said that he learned that Mick Mulvaney is the one that that. Uh, that ordered the okay. holding of of the assistance, which is interesting because Mick Mulvaney is the chief of the acting chief of staff, but he's also still the head of the office of 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 management of budget, right? He's still the head yeah. of that office because so the quote I not- saw was, you know, she was from the OMB and that her boss had instructed her not to approve any additional funding of security assets for she for Ukraine until further notice. Yep, and then later, and, and now is he insinuating that? Her boss is the head of OMB, or does he name after, him? It's after that that he says. That. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was flying deeper, through this thing, yeah, no, 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 grabbing it's, notes it's deeper into that that he he says that he knew that it was it was Mulvaney that did it. Now is um, that they? But that's the problem with this testimony stuff. Did he say that? I mean, he knew that, or does he have? Can he prove that? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's. 
The next day, wait, wait, check this. The next day on the phone, Dr. Hill and Dr. and Mr. Vindman tried to reassure me that they were not aware of any official change in the U.S. policy toward Ukraine. OMB's announcement notwithstanding. They did confirm that the hold on security assistance for Ukraine came from Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney and that Mm. the Chief of Staff maintained a skeptical view of the Ukraine. So Dr. Hill and Alexander Vindman both told him that Mick Mulvaney is the one that ordered the hold on the the defense assistance, right? Mm -hmm. And then this next paragraph, in the same July 19th phone call, they gave me an account of the July 10 meeting with the Ukrainian officials at the White House. Specifically, they told me that the Ambassador Scotland had connected, quote unquote, investigations with the Oval Office meeting for President Zelensky, which so irritated Ambassador, Bol- Ambassador Bolton, John Bolton, that he abruptly ended the meeting, telling Dr. Hill and Mr. Vindman that they should have nothing to do with domestic pol- with domestic with domestic politics, he also directed Dr. Hill to, quote-unquote, brief the lawyers. Dr. Hill said that Ambassador Bolton referred to this as a, quote-unquote, drug deal. After the July 10 meeting, Ambassador Bolton opposed a, opposed a call between President Zelensky and President Trump out of concerns that it, quote-unquote, would be a disaster. So, so how long before the mainstream media starts touting Bolton as a hero again? Dude, after leaving after the foreign If he goes and testifies, stuff, it's the next fucking day. If I, he goes and testifies, it's the very next day. I love the hypocrisy happening over there though. So, like I said, they just the, they just blow with the wind. The thing between Mick Mulvaney is interesting because said he's the acting chief of staff. So, he's constantly with the president all of the time because he's his chief of staff, right? But he's also the director of the Office of, Manage- of Management of Budget, right? So it's got to have controls. So purse, it's babe. within his purview to withhold that assistance, but it could also be fucking postulated by anyone who's, you know, partisan enough, partisan enough to argue it that he was told directly by the president because of his association with with the president in his position as chief of staff, and then used his position to the Office of Budget of Management <laughs> Management I hate my Budget fucking Life. To withhold the assistance. And that, if nothing else, is a downfall of, like you said, being terrible at filling fucking positions because you've had all of this turnover and have no one else to fill this job besides this guy who looks sketchy as shit doing all these jobs at the same time. You know? Well, it's because, At the best, you're doing a terrible job. Well, I think that's because he likes to run his own shit. He likes to be so involved. But the problem is... He's doing terrible. He's an idiot. (laughs) He is That's terrible. the problem. You know, this is n- he's running the the semi-corrupt but still barely above board New York real estate company. He's still doing the same shady <coughs> shit. He's got shadow governments running investigations, you know, s- essentially trying to dictate foreign policy. Yeah. Unelected officials, why the fuck are we f- you know, if you want to do that, go to town, but you better dissolve the state department at that point. Or at least close down the Ukrainian branch. I don't know how the fuck it works. But like, if you're going to just completely disregard official channels of diplomacy and do your own thing, like you do on trade, like you do on everything, let, I mean, let's just like try to pretend that you're trying to be legit here. Yeah, it's no good. It's no good. But unfortunately, unless the entirety of the Senate was as offended as we are, and even if they are, unless they can get over their 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 problem with, you know, loyalty to the party and this stuff. I don't think you can impeach on anything that we know as of yet. You know, and that's the problem is we're working off of written, publicly re- released opening statements. 
Yeah. And then getting selective leaking of small conversations or things that the, the committee members might, you know, throw out with a lot of grayness to it. Selective directly. Selective only in the way that only certain things are being leaked, right? Not in, not in the way that it is selective to promote their argument, right? Because we don't know that. Right. No, and I don't, don't want to postulate there. that that's the thing because yeah. that's what's being argued is that the selective leaking is just things that will promote the Democrats' argument. And that could be the case. So that's a legitimate argument. That's a, or, or a legitimate well, that concern, is a problem. right? But that's a party problem because right. the Republicans are doing it themselves. They're coming right. out and essentially parroting the party narrative of this is a sham, this is ridiculous. And They're not, they don't have anything new to say. They don't have anything interesting to say. And but I'm, the Democrats do. And so it's new, and so we go with it because our elective representative fucking say it. Yeah. We don't know if that's what it was said. We don't know we don't know anything about it other than the publicly released opening statements. Which is just I have to look at Nancy Pelosi's posture politically and the fact that she's willing to call out the Republicans bluff on this thing and actually vote, you know, have a vote for the process and do all this stuff that she thinks she's on to something. Unless she's totally lost it. But other than that, like, we have some real shady stuff going on, but you're not going to co- convince Mitch McConnell to tell the other Republicans to vote for impeachment at this point. Well, and There's I'm, something else out there. I'm hard-pressed to believe that if there was evidence that would cut against this Democratic narrative, right? That would cut mm-hmm. against the idea of all this terrible shit. And a Republican that was totally redacted or you know not top secret something that could be released legally right and a republican member inside one of these committees released it i'm hard pressed to believe they would be told to leave that they'd be told you can't be here anymore because we know that you did it and you can't be here anymore i think that's because he could turn around and and be like motherfucker like well look at all this other shit and i'm just trying to make sure that it's fair because this looks awfully partisan to me and this Mm -hmm. is totally legitimate nothing here is top top secret i redacted everything that needs to be redacted and then i passed it on because yep. this is legitimate, people need to see this, right? But if he does that, and I'm so I'm hard pressed to believe that 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 would be the case. And so I think to me, yeah. this is a sign that there isn't anything like that. There isn't anything to validate this, other than whatever shit people are trying to make up to cover their tracks. You know. So the argument that if they did have something that ran counterintuitive to the party's narrative, the Republican Party's narrative, as in this is a sham, this is all bullshit. Because I of the think Republicans someone would have released it because that. they are smart enough to know that if they do release it, as long as it's kosher, right, uh-huh. they won't be cut out of the process because I it's, know, it's too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, think they looks, would be cut out of the process, and that's what I'm saying. Is but, that is that so? If if they're not doing it right, then I then there's nothing there. There's I, I don't think, think yeah. I, I don't know, man. I I think you give them too much sway. Or too much. I think you give them too much of the benefit of the doubt on that one, because I feel like unless there's a Republican out there ready to jump on the grenade that is backstabbing McConnell, you. But I don't. You're not going to get any support. You're. You're. And political I don't. And I don't see it that done. way. I don't see it as backstabbing McConnell because they're cutting against the Democratic narrative, right? My concern and the, my. Oh, judgment, if there's anything legit, that's what I'm saying. Legit, legit. That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't think there's anything legit they can grab okay. onto because they would have released it, right? If there was yeah. something legit, then a Republican representative in that's inside of the skiff 
would have released it because if the Democrats were to cut that representative out of the process, they lose any legitimacy towards the argument of a nonpartisan process of impeachment, right? Or it's you you can't even make that argument anymore if yeah. someone releases something that's totally legit, totally kosher, and actually cuts against the argument legitimately. Okay. You can't cut them out because then you can't make the argument that this is a nonpartisan impeachment process and that this is for the good of America. Because you cut out a Republican who released something that is just counter to the narrative that may have come out later anyway yeah because then all of a sudden you have a mat you got another blue wave that's what i'm saying now, you now, have no now let me play off this no though. foot you have no leg to stand on to say that you're nonpartisan in this process if you're cutting out republicans yes. releasing shit that's kosher but let me throw this one at you let's hear it so because this is funny we're like trying to get into mitch mcconnell's mind here for a minute now if they have a trump card that devastates this whole fucking thing I wouldn't put it past Mitch now to be like, no, nobody say shit. We-, we have proof now that this is a sham. We're gonna do. We're gonna hold on to this fucking ace until we're ready. Because as of right now, I don't. I think that if even Trump stays in office in 2020, they lose the. I think they lose the Senate. I told you that. I called that months ago. They lose the Senate. And he goes, if we can hold on to this long enough and we can, if we can just fucking devastate them with this, we need to hold on to that because we need to get back the power. Yeah. And we need our people in the chairs. Okay. So we're going to hold it. We're going to play the Trump card at the right time, right before they're ready to like start the investigation. I could see Or that. wait till it starts. And it's in the Senate. And then Mitch is already like, I already got this bitch. Yeah. Here. Lawyer, bring up this fucking surprise piece of evidence. Blah, blah, blah. It's just yeah. bullshit. And you know what that piece of evidence is going to be? The IG report. No, no, no. 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 Because that's about the Russian well, Mueller thing. The IG report, yeah, is to, is, Which is I, to investigate whether to or not out. there was corruption inside the government when looking into the president's campaign in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then the Justice Department launched their own investigation into the exact same thing, which is really weird. Now, what if the party leadership in the Democratic Party is caught up in all that? And now they have an argument that they've literally been trying to unseat the president since the day they got in office. This entire argument is unvalid. I think that that's apparent, but I don't think in the the deep state form of the argument. I think Mm – People have been trying to stop President Trump from being the president since he said grab her by the pussy. That's very true. Since that happened, people have been calling him of just a monster and all this shit. And it's only it stayed the exact same. The people who hated him then hate him now. And they're, you know, they gathered some more followers along the way. But people have hated him since he started running. You know what I'm saying? So it's very true. I think that the fact that they've wanted to impeach him since he got in the office is unquestionable, right? I don't think that there's any question to it at all. At all. But I don't think that it has manifested itself in a deep state corruption type of way. I think think that they've all been really out front, that they fucking Mm -hmm. hate him, and they're going to do everything they can to stop anything he wants to do. I don't think that it's been hitting at all. I think they have done everything they can right out front because they've been arguing this whole time. Every single Democratic candidate wants to do that. That's been the argument, is that they're fighting him. So... I think they're we doing everything to get as open him out of office. Anything they do, they want to talk about it because they want to keep on with that narrative that they are defeating Donald Trump. It's not so, healthy. Yeah, not so healthy. I don't think that it's manifested in a deep state thing. No. But 
I think it's apparent. I think it's crazy that it's even a question that they're like, you know, this is they, they they've just been trying to you know impeach him since 2016. It's like no shit. I know. Yeah. What else did you think they were doing? They just didn't <laughs> yes, have a. It's true. like they were doing it, but they didn't know what to call it. You know, like they were they were always searching for something. Like we need to get rid of him somehow. We need to get rid of him somehow. And during the whole Mueller report, we said. If you want to get rid of him, you have to impeach him, mm-hmm. right? We've said that the whole time. Mueller, we knew that from the beginning that he, Mueller was not going to get President Trump out of the office no. because he couldn't. He didn't have the power. No. That even if he gave you something crazy that you knew that he broke the law, you still had to impeach him. You know, you have to impeach him or he has to resign and he's not going to resign. Yep. We've been saying this for years now. Yep. And it's the same thing stands true now you know they just didn't they just didn't know or pretended they didn't know at the time they were hoping for something else they didn't want to do this which you know? is kind of fucked up don't you think don't huge you think waste you should, of time yeah. huge waste of time don't you think you should be like working on things like i don't know now that the immigration wave has died off you're still not fixing the problem yeah it's just it's like well okay it's not as bad now so everybody's quit talking about it. let's yeah. just me 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 no 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 no. we're not gonna worry about that we're not gonna do <laughs> anything else it since 2018, nothing has gotten fucking done almost. Nothing at all. Just impeachment. Right. Investigations, impeachment. We, it's disgusting. So, I think we're done with that for now. Um, Are you? I, I think so. Okay. Because before you launched into your, your normal sports, if you're ready for sports, I, I want to lead off. And get some your opinions on things. Okay. The NCAA sports recently decided they're going to start allowing yeah. players to make money off of their likeness. Fucking ain't right. I want to play some fucking NCAA football games again. Right? Yeah. No. What I is think this that going to do? Fantastic. Do you think this is going to? What is this going to do now that there hasn't been this suppression on celebrity for college athletes? And now. It's free reign. And I don't, town. I don't really think that there has been a suppression on it. I mean, maybe monetarily, but the stars. Once these kids start fucking balling out, the, the total they'll, landscape they'll be, is going to change. They'll be national celebrities. But I mean, like, people who watch college football know who the stars are. You know, the, the people who watch college football know who the top 10 draft picks are going to be the next year. You mm-hmm. know, they know who fucking. Tua, Tua, Tuvoy, Lolo, whatever the fuck that guy's name is from Alabama. They know who he is. They know who Justin Herbert is. They know who these incredible running back and quarterbacks are throughout the country because mm-hmm. those are the, those are the top athletes, you know? Um, I think that they'll definitely reach a point of superstardom, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm but- afraid that it's going to have the same effect that something like Hollywood has where you're looking for, you're only looking for the next star. You're not actually, you know, mo- there's a lot of very talented actors and stuff out there that never get a shot. They never get a break. You know, they never get their big break. You know, I think a lot, there's a lot of fucking transfer correlations over to the podcast platform now that it's flooded. Yeah. Everybody's got a podcast now. And so, but now that there's so many different celebrities out there, they control so much focus in the NCAA. Is that going to detract on people that are, not quite. I mean, is talent truly going to dictate? Is the meritocracy going to make the celebrity in college football? Or is it going to be a combination of skill and personality I only? I think the way that football sits now, talent will always... Because talent pays. Uh, talent... 
talent and personality will always be what dominates in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Um, at least the way that it sits now. Because even people who – not even. People who have a moderate interest in football, right? You can name fucking – Maybe 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe 10 running backs, maybe, maybe 10 wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? Hard, maybe. But, but can you name the top offensive lineman in the NFL? Can you name Hell the top no. D tackle in the NFL? Hell no. Can you name the top strong safety in the NFL? Hard no. So all of these people who have incredible fucking talent, amazing skill. You still don't know who their names are, but you know who Antonio Brown is. Motherfucker doesn't even play in the NFL anymore. You know exactly. what his name is. You know who Tom Brady is. You know what I'm saying? You know who Russell Wilson is. You know who Baker Mayfield is because he's yep. got a big fucking mouth and he was really good in college and he's come out and has all these expectations and all this shit. But if you haven't been watching, if you if this is if this is the first year that you've watched football, you're still going to know who those people are because yep. they're talked about constantly, but you're not going to know who Ryan Tannehill is. Ryan Tannehill is the guy that's starting for the Titans now, but he started for like 10 years for the fucking Dolphins. So I think now what's probably going to happen is college football is just going to get way more popular, which college I don't football, think is a bad thing because it's already up there. popular as fuck as it is. College but football there's is gonna a be people like million me now. dollar a year industry. There's going to be people like me now, the moderate football watchers get to and, see it. you know like that are going to be more interested in that now i think that's that's an overall good that's a definitely a plus for the ncaa yeah. I, I think, think that's that, interesting i think there should should be some type of salary cap you know because there i think it can be really dangerous to give really young kids a lot of money like that you know but i also well, think but the they, thing is it's just on their their likeness and stuff right now so it's right. like brand deals and shit right like that. but i also I, I i so i again i think it's dangerous to give kids a lot of money like that it's but i also is. think that it's important for those athletes to be able to support themselves and be able to market their skills for the time that they have them Fuck you know yeah. i think that that's really important um and i don't have any problem with that yeah. but i also think that the schools or the ncaa needs to set up some type of service for financial advisors that's run through the ncaa that is not paid by the athletes or anything like that they are just there to teach these kids how to handle this money so they're not out there fucking wasting it getting in trouble and shit because that's liable to happen when you give 18 19 year old 20 year old kids money you know so i I think that that's really important i think if you had that kind of money when you were that old (sighs) dangerous i might be dead dangerous i might be dead i probably would be (laughs) If I was an athlete, I'm less likely to be dead because I can't do drugs as much as I can if I'm not an athlete, you know? That's if right. You just I, play as, for the XFL. If I, right. as not an athlete, received $400,000 when I was 19 years old, I might be dead. Yeah. I would buy a stupid car, um, and then I would buy would have bought so much drugs that I so might have died. now, the XFL has an even bigger pool of players to, to pick from because – what if you're a college kid that likes that likes the blaze and, and play I think, football? And I think I'll that go it, work for the XFL and make yeah. a decent paycheck. I think that it helps the XFL too because they can have more stars that maybe weren't good enough to play in the NFL, mm-hmm. but they're good enough to play in the XFL, and people might know their name a little yeah. bit already because they saw them playing college. But follow that salary cap problem now. You're not going to get a cheap, you know awesome first round pick or anything like that if they're already fucking stars they're and gonna, shit. that's you know like the draft yeah. will become really important because you can make an investment in a guy that you want to hold on to for a year right. and then sell him for a shit ton of money yeah and there's right because oh, it's not uncommon especially for second third fourth round draft picks that turn out to be exceptionally well to pay them mm-hmm. you know 
well, you have to, and you can a lot of times have a fifth year option and stuff like that and really pay them not shit for those first five years. And then when they want big money, be like, all right, we'll piece the fuck out and make it somewhere else. You know, we're not going to mm-hmm. do that here. That's really yeah. common. Like, is it going to um, raise, you know, if you've got a D tackle that is the man in college and everybody wants him on their fucking team. Stun by position. Now too, all so. of a sudden, he's worth even more than he was before. Yeah, because he was making stacks when he was in college, and so now he's got a lifestyle. So what's that going to do to the salary cap game in the NFL? Because now you're you're not buying yeah. you know new cars off the factory that you don't know how they're going to perform or something like. You're I making believe, an investment in trust. I believe the NCAA is going to form some type of players association. The NFL has the NFLPA is the NFL Players Association mm-hmm. that. Um, I believe has a board member that's made up partially of players and stuff like that. And those are the ones that go in and help argue the collective bargaining agreement yeah. between the league every year and the players. Um, and so I believe that the NCAA is forming something like that the union. for this. Yeah. And so I would imagine that the NFL PA and the NCAA PA would have to work together, you know, because they're the ones that determine the salaries and stuff like that and work, you know, with payment of players mm-hmm. and percentages and shit like that. I think so, this is going to be a big, you know, It'll be a market. massive overhaal of the way that the NCAA is conducted yeah. now. But Goodbye I think that it's affordable a good thing. college football games. I think <laughs> that it's a good thing overall. Um, and no, I could because it's not costing the NCAA money. You know, it's not. It's only. I know. It's but only, you don't think the school is going to jack up ticket prices now that they have all stars and fucking celebrities? No, because again, I think that the people who are going to college football games now, they mm-hmm. know those people already. You know, you know, if you don't. Because you're not going to go, you know. Yeah. If you're going to go to a football know, game, because the because viewing you, demographic like, may change because of the celebrity aspect of it, the new popularity of it, it's going to be out more out I, there. I don't think that it'll be, you know. Well, that's a bad example. Not like, in, you walk by not like, in who's that on the right? Wheaties box? I don't know who that is. Not Let me in get demographic. Into that. I think you might see an increase, but it will be an increase from people who watch the NFL and don't watch college football. To people who watch the NFL and now they also watch college football, Mm -hmm. you know? So a bunch of people, I used to not give a fuck about professional football. I only used to like college football because I thought they were playing harder. They had more to play for. It was more fun. The scores were higher. I enjoyed it more. And then you get behind your people and then when they go to the fucking Seahawks, you get mad excited. Right. So. Dude, those are my people. Right. And so I think that if anything, you'll just see an increase in that same type of audience, you know? I think that the So the college, NCAA is just going to start making more just, stacks. Just more, yeah. And I, I think – I would hope that if anything, it would lead to a decrease in ticket prices because they're making stacks other ways, you know? Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. Like it never I don't know, has. man. A lot of the better your football team is, of, the more expensive your tickets are. So, the Mariners are dog shit, so tickets are cheap. Atlanta, Seahawks are right? pretty decent, so tickets are mad fucking expensive. But stadiums and They're teams right are, next are finding other. other ways to make it a better experience for people going, right? Atlanta just built a new-ass stadium, and when they built it, they, got they met it. with the community, and they're like, what can we do to make you guys want to go to more games, right? And one of the things was cheaper concessions. So they have this whole list yeah. of shit in the stadium in Atlanta that's brand beers. new. So they have a whole slew of things in Atlanta in the brand new stadium that are a dollar, like two dollars. You know what I'm saying? Cheap ass shit because the ticket might be more expensive, but now you can at least come here and get a fucking hot dog for a dollar. Yeah, know, because the overage on a the overage on a hot dog and a beer is much cheaper what to I'm cover saying. and make your customers come back. What and I'm you saying. can still make a good amount of money. So they're finding different ways to make it make more sense for people to go there. You know. 
Reactive capitalism. I like catering it. to your fucking. There customer are base. cheaper beers at CenturyLink Field now. Not all of them, because definitely if you get a Bud Light in the stands, it's still going to be eleven dollars because they're bringing it to you. But if you go and get beers, some of the beers are cheaper now. They're not eleven dollars. They're like fucking seven dollars, nine dollars. You know what I'm saying? Which is still expensive, but it's but, still it, but in a cheaper. stadium, it's going to be expensive. So you can get an Elysian beer for maybe nine dollars instead you of know. fucking twelve dollars. Well, you know? fucking. Still expensive, uh, but at least it's only nine dollars, yeah. not twelve. When I went to go see Book of Mormon, the theater industry is the same way. Oh, it's horrible. You, movie theater. How much? You're going to charge me how much for puffed, like fucking puffed corn? Yes. You know how much corn the fucking United States makes? I'm going to go. You're going to charge me that much? That's like five cents worth of fucking cost right here, and I'm paying ten bucks. Yeah. I'm going to go see a movie today. I'm fully prepared to Gotta spend make twenty dollars on concessions. Yep. Because they don't make shit off the actual movie tickets. No. Which That's, is weird because they're fucking like $11. Well, there's, you know, not that many people go to movies anymore. More I miss the 90s, like Colin. Thing. Yeah. I wish that I wish that we were adults. Malls and movie theaters. The best. <laughs> On Tuesdays at the AMC, you can get to see a, mall, a movie for $5, I think, though. I wonder, there was something going on at that, what is it, Regal, I think, the one in Paulsville, where like you can essentially sign up for like a membership program. You go see it, unlimited movies, pay X amount of months, boom, boom, boom. Like can go up to yeah yes it's like a hundred dollars or something like that a year I think so that's fucking prime rates dude you see a fuck a fuckload of movies you go make yeah. your movies if you see one movie a month you've made your money back worth it fuck I need to get on that now yeah well look into it and let me know I will all right so now thank you for that lovely sports discussion yes that was fun. And I think it's something we should talk about more in the future because yeah. I think that that's it's something I've discussed with a lot of different people and got a lot of different uh responses well the the evolution of it will be an interesting thing to track yeah because everybody's going oh this is dope this is good these people that work their asses off are going to start making money and all this stuff it's but now how's the landscape going to change yeah let's watch that thing i did not i did not consider the way that it would change the pay scale in transitioning to the nfl so i think that that is very interesting um but but the nfl has a salary cap, you know, and they have, you know, like whatever teams are able or willing to pay at that time. So they may be able to request more, but there is also such a huge talent difference between the NCAA and the NFL. Oh, yeah. That that argument from the teams to be like, we don't even know if you're going to turn out, bro. Because like, it's always might, yeah. Yeah, but the Tim Tebow thing. I mean, right. You. Even the all-star can't necessarily make that leap. You might it's be a, a number one. leap. Yeah, you might be a number one overall pick, but you also might yeah. be fucking shit when you get to the NFL. Yeah. So Because regardless of how awesome you are on the college level, you're still going to school. You're still doing all this other stuff. Like, you have right. a life. You're a professional. That's what you do. Well, and the biggest thing I've heard, especially from like first round picks is, you know, when you're going to go first overall, when you're playing in college, you're the best player on the field, no matter what. Anytime that you're playing, you're the best one on the field. When you go to the NFL, it's not like that anymore. Everybody Mm -mm. is just as good as you are because they're all playing actively in the NFL. They're starting in the NFL. On a whole nother level. They're all just as good as you. Yeah. You have to be able to get up there and compete with the big boys. Right. And that's that. That's why I still think like the NCAA shouldn't be so much a just a college thing anymore. It should just be a minor league football, yeah, where people get picked up out of college and then to go play there as you know future budding professionals that they're professionals on another level. XFL and boom, 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 
Boom. That's XFL. what the XFL is going to be. Yeah, it's just oh, an amateur shit. football league. Yeah. You know, semi-pro. And, I mean, they yeah. have semi-pro football now, but the XFL is a step up from semi-pro football, you know, yeah. that people will get paid actual, like, fair amounts of money. I'm sure they'll still have. I think it'll balance have- out, though, because right now they're getting the people from the professional level yeah. that might have just dropped off or, for whatever reason, don't want to be a part of it getting anymore. getting people off of, like, off of, you know, you practice know, squads, smokers. and they're getting people uh, from Canadian football, and they're getting people who – used to play in the NFL and yeah, kids out of college and shit like that. Though a lot of it is our undrafted free agents from the NFL, but I think it's some third of the league or two thirds of the league that's made up of undrafted free agents. I mean, that's like yeah. people who didn't get drafted and then get picked up afterwards that are starting playing on the team, you know? Yeah. So we're not starting, but they're playing on the team, you know, whether they're a backup or they're shifting in an offensive line. They're not the starter, but they're still playing a third of the snaps every yeah. game, you know? Like, fuck, man, with the rate of right. injuries nowadays. I mean, you're yeah, that at shit happens all the guys. time. Right. So it's, that's, man, XFL, I think, needs to. Get some kind of broadcast deal with like Facebook. Uh, oh, I'm Amazon. sure they do. I don't know because exactly what they have, but you I could think probably that's look it up. going to fucking reach a lot of people. XFL is going to be red. It is. I and got I got high hopes, and it's going to run like from the end, uh, like uh, like after the Super Bowl, and then through the spring. I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. <gasps> oh, thank so. I you. think it just extends the football season a little bit, which thank I you. think is fucking really cool. The worst time of year is when you can watch basketball and baseball. I fucking I love football. You know, <laughs> I I'm, I love the idea of of it coming or being here for longer and there being more games, you know, and, and a different Semi-pro thing. Too, you know? Yeah. It's new. Yeah. The rules are a little bit different. Like I said, there's no yeah. extra points. Like you have to go for a two point try. So there's no kicking extra points, mm. just kickoffs and shit like that. And there's a couple of different rules. Mm-hmm. So the Canadian football is interesting to watch for the same reason that like the, the people are not quite as good, but it's, because they're all about as good as each other, it's still interesting to watch. The rules are a little bit different, so it's really kind of weird. Mm-hmm. There's an extra person on the field in Canadian football. The field is a little bit shorter, but it's wider. Like yeah. the the goalposts are in the front of the end zone, and um, the people on defense, you can have as many people moving at a time as you want. That's wild. And you can like come and cook in from hella far back. It's, there's all kinds of weird shit Rugby that you can rules. do in Canadian football. That's like. That's awesome. It seems like it's a little more aggressive than American football. It's kind of wild. Wild. Yeah. Now, but when you run through your list, do you mind if I run take it? I got to pee again, dude. I broke the seal. My bad. <laughs> You're hilarious. Yeah. No, I got this. So here we are. The NFL stats. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do the pickums after this. Uh, Matt Stafford was the fastest player to over 40,000 passing yards, which Matt Stafford's a fucking good. People sleep on Matt Stafford. He's good. I like Matt Stafford. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders got traded to the 49ers for a third and a fourth round pick. He came from the fucking Broncos. Uh, Mohamed Sanu got traded to the Pats for a second round pick. The Lions traded their safety Quandre Diggs to the Hawks for a fifth round pick. That was nice. Quandre Diggs looking good over here in Seattle. Uh, the Cardinals traded a fifth or a sixth round pick for Kenyon Drake. And he looked really fucking good against San Francisco the other day, which is awesome. Uh, San Francisco's defense is great. DeForest Buckner on there. Go Ducks. Um, that is fantastic. So... After that, the Jets traded their D lineman Leonard Williams to the Giants for a third and a fifth round pick, which is the Giants. The Giants can use that. Uh, the Rams traded their corner Akib Talib to the for uh, and a fifth round pick to the Dolphins for a future late round pick. Just trying to get rid of his ass so they don't have to pay him. 
The 49ers linebacker Quan Alexander is placed on IR with a torn pec. Uh, what's what's his name? Fucking JJ Watt. Uh, he tore his pec too. He's out for the rest of the season. The Broncos QB Joe Flacco. He's out for the rest of the season. He fucked up his neck. The Seahawks. They claimed Josh Gordon off of waivers yesterday. So that's nice. I'm really excited about that. I have and- Josh Gordon. Plays for the Hawks now. Um, And the Colts wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, is out three to four weeks of the calf injury. Um, It is pretty, pretty bad over there. So let's see. I bought a gun belt the other day. It is coming from China. My brother just bought a boat. Well, there you go. Actually, he didn't buy it. He he got a deal on it. Do you guys go fishing? Is that a thing? Uh, It's about to be. (laughs) That's kind of what that is. You know, um, so Josh Gordon, I'm I'm pulling up my. Uh, when did that happen? Do you know? Yesterday. I wonder if. Uh, I wonder how long it takes sometimes for these. Oh, I'm sure it says Seattle receiver on there. Oh, it certainly does. That's because he's been. I've had him, but he hasn't played at all. Yeah, he's played a couple of games, um, but he hasn't. No scores on there at all. No. Oh, that's weird. Because I yeah. wait, I thought he was. Yeah, he's played a couple of games. I don't know. Interesting. That is interesting. The Seahawks announced Friday that the team claimed Josh Gordon knee off waivers from Patriots. John Boyle of the team's official site reports. Spin confirming what he had been reported earlier in the day. Gordon will move to the third organization of his career after the Patriots released the wideout from injury What's wideout mean? Uh, it's just like a, like a, position a synonym for a wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. So Thursday, Gordon has been ruled out in advance of the Seahawks game Sunday against the Buccaneers, but Coach Pete Carroll noted that he would evaluate the wideout and practice next week before determining his status for the November 11th game in San Francisco. Oh, that's right. We got to play Garoppolo. Yep. The former All-Pro could bring some big play potential to the Seattle offense that counts Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as its top blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. I'm not <laughs> so anyways, good news, good news, good news. Yes. So he's not going to play until... Not this week, but probably yeah, next week. Maybe next week. Yeah. Hard maybe. Um, Depends on how his knee is, I guess. Yeah. We'll see what's up. Either way. That's I'm, fucking exciting. I like having him here. Because um, I'm, I'm starting a small turnaround on my... Uh, my fantasy team. I'm, You're doing, I'm right. doing okay. You know, I'm still like two and seven. It's really yeah, bad. Yeah, you're pretty far. You might be buying your mom dinner. No, 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 no. I'm not in last place. No, no, I'm not in last place. That's right. And it's no. The loser has to buy the winner. Correct. Dinner in some fashion. Some fashion. Probably yeah. a gift card. Um, and I am playing Chad this week, who is like seven and one or some such shit. Yeah, you're El Fucko, dude. Uh, no, 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 no. I got this. You got feel, this. Yeah, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to beat Chad's dick into the dirt. Um, I'm against uh, Bremerton Big Nuts. That's uh, Joby. And I think Joby's been having a rough go of it. Yes. See, and I I'm, am. So, like, that's why Garoppolo got 36.9 points the other day, which was surprising because that was a terrible game. Yeah. But I'm not worried about it. Even if uh, Minshaw don't perform against the Texans, I'm okay. I still have a, I can still got a good feeling about beating the big nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Come over here, mama. All right. You Dog, get over here. Spot, Come here. Come here. Okay. Um, so we can do our picks for this week and then we'll do next week's pick and then do it. After that, we'll be here for the ones after that. Okay. So 
Texans, Jaguars. Um, I got to go Jags because my boy Minshaw. We're going Texans. Okay. After that is uh, Bears at Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win that one. Yeah, Bears are pretty garbage. Yeah. Philly. Vikings at Chiefs after that. I think I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to win. The Vikings? Yep. Against who? Against the Chiefs. Oh. Vikings. Yeah. Is that Minnesota? Eh? Uh, yep. Or yep. After that is uh, Colts at Steelers. And the Colts, Away or at home? Um, For who? The say. Colts are at the Steelers. I'm going to go Steelers. I'm going to go Colts. Okay. After that is Jets at Dolphins. I think I'm going to take the Jets on that one. Dolphins are Dolphins are ass. Um, after that, Redskins at Bills. I think the Bills are going to win that one. Bills and Bills. After that, Titans at Panthers. Yeah. Shit. We already did that. Nah. Titans at Panthers? Nah. Jack, Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, or the Panthers? Panthers. Yeah. One, they're both the same. It's the Panthers. Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they have not been doing so hot this year. Neither of them. Yeah. The Titans are four and four, and the Panthers are four and three, so they're doing okay. In the Titans. <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to give it to Cam. After that, Lions at Raiders. Fucking. Oh. Also, just so everyone knows, I'm going to make Colin put in the work at the end of the season to try and find every single time he's written down these things so that we can know who won because we haven't been going over them week by week no we haven't and so i will tell you we, right now you've been whooping my ass so after after at the end of the season we'll make colin dig out all the ones that he can find <sighs> and we'll see who can win i think i know where they all are and now that we've put him on blast on the internet he's gonna have no choice but to do it i'm telling you right now unless i win because we're at what game a uh Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Week nine. Week nine. Yeah. I don't think it's quite. I have to win every game or every matchup from now on. But getting close. I'm excited to. I'm excited to see okay. how it turns out. Well, either way, I take Oakland. Uh, and I'm going to take the Lions on that one. I want Detroit. Detroit Rock City. And after that is Buccaneers at Seahawks. Go Hawks. Yeah, that's that's a Seahawks win right there. That's going to be a really hard game to watch because they're going to play to the level of the Buccaneers, and it's going to be real risky. <laughs> I'm going to hate my life, and then they're going to win. That's they're always terrible, gripping. You know, it's yeah, it's rough to watch. It is. Um, after Why can't that, I just is rule Packers at Chargers. I think the Packers take that one too. Yeah, I'll give it to them. It's Browns at Broncos. I think the uh, Browns actually I think the Browns actually win that one. Browns. Browns. Check. And then after that is Patriots at Ravens. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's gonna be a great game Sunday night. I'm going Pats. Yeah, the Patriots probably win that game. New England and Patriots. Monday is Cowboys at Giants, and I think the Cowboys win that game easy. Yep. Giants suck. We'll do week 10 real quick and we'll get the fuck out of here. I think I only have like one more line left in my phone. Um, so let's see. The Thursday game is Chargers at Raiders. 
shit. You think the, the Chargers win that one, I guess? Okay, I'll go Oakland. And after that is uh, Giants at Jets, New York, New York. <laughs> God. That's a, why would anybody yeah. want to watch that? I'm going the, Jets. Yeah, Jets, I guess. Um, after that is Falcons at Saints. That would be a good one. I'm going Saints. Yeah, I have to go with the Saints. I, I can't actually pick the Falcons. <laughs> uh, after that, Chiefs at Titans. I think the Chiefs probably win that one. After um. Chiefs at Titans, what do you think? Ooh, I'll go Titans just to be different. Just to be different. After that's Ravens at Bengals. I think the Ravens take that one. Ravens Bengals. The Bengals suck Bengals right are now. Terrible. That's uh Baltimore. Yep. And then after that is Bills at Browns, and I think that Buffalo takes that one too. God, that's, that's so bad. <laughs> you want to take Bills on that one? Yep, Bills. Yeah, I hate I hate to say it. After that is Cardinals. Bills ain't terrible anymore. No, the Bills are doing pretty good actually. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. New York, Buffalo. Yeah, I don't the, think of New York when I, I don't think of Buffalo, New York when I think of Buffalo. The Bills are five and two. Yeah, respectable. After that is Cardinals at Buccaneers. Uh, oh, geez, I think the Buccaneers probably win that one. Yeah, Cardinals look straight trash. Yeah, they looked pretty good against 49ers, but that's really it. Larry Fitz uh, got me like four points. Yeah, did not do very much. It was disappointing. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to move on from Larry Fitz pretty soon. Just try and trade him away, bro. Don't drop him. Yeah, I'm not going to drop him. He's he's worth money to somebody yeah. who will make a mistake like I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that is Lions at Bears. Uh, I think Lions win that one. Duh, Bears. Just because I want to be different. Dolphins at Colts. And Colts win that one. Yep. Panthers at Packers. I think the Packers win that one. Go Pack Go. Rams at Steelers. Rams. I think the Steelers win that one. Oh, look at you. Vikings at Cowboys. Vikings. Cowboys. Cowboys. And then the Monday night game is Seahawks at 49ers. Go Hawk Go. I'll root against Garoppolo. I'll take the Hawks. Let's do it. They'll call us they'll call us homers, Colin. But but we think that they can do it. I don't have a problem with being a homer. I fucking live here. This is my home. I fucking live here. I love it. You tell me I can't root for my own team. That's hilarious. You are you're 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 just nothing but muff garbage. <laughs> my God. You remember that? Yo, you've been staying up on your South Park? Uh I haven't watched like the last episode. I watched the China episode. That was okay. the last one I watched. Yeah, I watched the first two. Yeah. And yeah, it was like the man bear pig came back or whatever in the first yeah. one, right? And then yeah, and then China. That was I want to talk so much shit on China. Constantly China was now. hilarious. China and all those fucking... <laughs> all the companies that are just like selling their souls to do to make money in China. To communists. I just like, bro, did you not live through the 60s and 70s? Shit. Don't Communism, you know? bad. But whatever, hey. All right, you ready to hit a line get the fuck out of here? Let's do it, baby. You know what, man? Everyone with an ass... Wants to watch shit while they shit. Hard no. What? TV in the bathroom. (laughs) No. Bye, everybody.